Ho, 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 and uh, Merry Christmas and all the, and happy the holidays of happiness, and, uh, uh, and, um, happy Kwanzaa, happy Satanist Atheist Day, happy, uh, week of, uh, torture with your family, happy, uh, New Year, possibly, for when you're listening to this, this is coming out December 28th, so you, you will have already f- felt Jesus's uh, presence uh, in your eyes and where it needs to be it, okay when 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 Santa and Jesus give you presents and they're the same guy Santa and Jesus and God and and that's the holy Vizu trinity and and oh there's that uh, the holy ghost is actually is actually Santa that's his other name and if you rearrange you know Yes, yeah. Yeah, and also if you rearrange some the other words it turns out very badly. Uh, Brigadoon? No. Um What? Let's move past this. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I uh we're ta- uh, we're talking about for Christmas time. We're talking about the uh, Why are you sniffing <laughs> for Christmas time? We smell our fingers. I don't know. She doesn't she, she she did it now. But she does it at other times too, not just Christmas time. But Christmas time it, it is more forgiving to smell your fingers during uh, Christmas time because you've ate a lot of like porridge or pie or what? whatever you're eating after Christmas. You know, in the in when I grew up uh, eating something after Christmas, it was like kind of disgusting. What the hell are you talking about? Also, porridge and pie, you you know, utensil utensils are usually involved. In yeah, that. porridge and pie, oh, uh, and tigers, oh my, oh, and and, and and bears. How high are you? I am not high at all. I am not high. I it it wore off is what I'm saying to myself. And I'm saying to the people who are listening, yes, I wore off, huh? And uh, but we're we're talking about really great um two, uh, we're talking about frightful phone freaks during the wonderful holidays, uh, uh, men who feel hurt and frustrated by life and have an arch mi- uh, misogyny to their uh, in their core being. Wow, arch misogyny. That's worse than regular misogyny. Yeah, uh, well, it's a str- uh, it's a straw man, a straw misogyny arch man is what I like to call these uh, uh these two murder uh, murderers. What what what? Okay, so the first one, the first murderer is a uh it's a guy who really like uh, who has has a weird thing with uh being called Billy and talks like Billy. The uh and the other one is just just a straight up unhappy divorced dad. That's the no. They're still married. No, oh, well, they're still married, but you know, strained relationship. I'm, I'd say, and I guess there's killer in the blood in that second, killer mm. in the DNA of the blood in the second one. But uh, we're going all over the place because I'm manic as fuck, also known as MAF, also uh, different from WAF, which is woke as fuck. Uh, woke as fuck. Uh, yeah, and uh, MAF is better. Anyway, um. Uh, my name is Michael, also known as Mikey, also known as Spiky Mikey, also known as Spaz, also known as the annoying one between the two of us, uh, also known as, uh, is, uh, is, uh, Hyote, my new, uh, my new, uh, superhero name, 
coyote. It's a cross between a coyote and a hyena, and he he, he can teleport and he can mind control. And those and I and I would look like a hyena and a and a and a coyote put together. So just a furry, angry. That that's what I want to call myself, and that's what I'm considering calling myself. And um. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I'm pretty happy with everything I said, and I am joined by uh, uh, my co-host. Oh, I do get an intro on this one. Okay, hello, I'm Miranda. Just Miranda. Okay, all right. No one calls me anything else. Yes, exactly. I am also called by my last name a whole bunch, but not never by my, never by my. I mean, very few people call me by my first. I do. Name. Are you all right? <laughs> I just needed to burp. I apologize. Or I apologize to the burp uh, to the people who don't like you burping. Apologize to the burp. I apologize to the. Pe- I meant to say I apologize to the people who don't like burping, but uh, I apologize to the burp. That uh, no, you never apologize to the thing that's making you feel disgusting, also known as a burp. Oh, anyway, moving on. Uh, moving on. The two movies we're talking about are uh, uh are uh, some slashers for the for the holiday uh, for. For the holidays, I think they've gathered that sweetie. Okay, the the people who are listening, yes. And um, uh, we are doing Black Christmas from nineteen seventy four. The original, the original, not 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 the one from two thousand nine or uh, two thousand six or the one from twenty nineteen. There, uh, it was remade twice, mm. and uh, those are not good movies as far as I remember because I've seen both of them. They're ooh. um. And New Year's Evil, which is uh, uh, a happier, much more silly, and much more fun type of killer uh, slasher romp than Black Christmas, which has a little bit more sturdy prestigeness to it and a little bit more fright, uh, a little bit more actual scares rather than just like, oh, it's another guy who's unhappy at women. Well, the, uh, congratulations, you you broke the mold. Anyway, well, Billy is pretty unhappy. Bill, uh, most Billys in and out of horror movies are unhappy. I've never met a like. My name's Billy, and I'm unhappy. No, I every Billy that I have met in my actual real life has had some sort of struggle or trouble or some sort of upple. And um, what? Yeah, and I I don't think I've met like a joyful Billy in my life. I don't know if I know any Billies. Yeah, they they're usually like bag uh, unhappy guys in Stephen King movies or like or or in a lot of horror movies. This uh, uh now a lot of people will say that uh, Black Christmas is a, one of the first you know quote unquote slasher movies. Although you know most uh, most of them. The very first one started like in the late 1920s, early 1930s. As far as like, as far as like a sla- uh, a sorority slasher, I believe the first one. Wait, did you say the 1920s? Yes, yes. There's uh, all sorts of um, all sorts of uh, the specifically the silent film, The Bat, about guests in a romant- uh, ro- remote mansion menaced by a killer in a grotesque mask. Dude. What came out in 1926. Oh, that and sounds so pretty cool. And so that is really... What year was um, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's... Uh, I think I gotta double check that, but is I that believe that's... Is that 1919 or is that later? Yeah. 
Because I know that's horror. I don't necessarily know. Oh, yeah. 1920. 1920. I was off by a year. Um, and I, I don't know if it's considered a slasher. Yeah, but they, uh, the some, a, a lot of the, um, yeah, you're right. There's also, you know, the old dark house films like Cat and the Canary and the old, uh, uh, which came out in 27 and that old dark house, which came out in 1932, you know. There are there were certain things, uh, specifically Thirteen Women, which came out in 1932. Specifically, was the very first uh, slasher that told of a story of a sorority oh, who got, who got their former members are set up against another vengeful peer who crosses out their yearbook photos. What, what, what is that film called? That is called. Uh, 13 women from 1932 it, it's a device that was uh, used in in prom night and in graduation day mm-hmm. and stuff like uh, stuff like that you know there's also stuff like the uh you know uh val luton's the uh, leopard man about a murder framing his crimes against women on a escape show leopard there's all sorts of you know, proto stuff. There's the psycho stuff. Uh, there's psycho from 1960, and then there's all of the riffs on that, like you know, paranatic or nightmare from 1964, or fanatic from 1965, the nanny, hysteria, all these mid 1960s movies that kind of jumped in, and then once uh, and uh, people were just starting to build, and of course there's the giallo films that started started out uh more or less like uh, dr- uh that were riffs on 19 19- uh, they had drive-in movies that would uh that they would double feature with giallo films in the mid 19 uh, mid to uh mid to late 1960s they started mm-hmm. doing this and in early the early 1970s is when giallo started becoming a, a, an exploitation those type of horror movies started to get more and more uh popular and but they were all italian but there's not really a pro uh, the, this uh black christmas was more or less the first you know prototype like slasher film something that would a lot of people you know a lot of uh critics and you know lovers of film history actually say that the, uh, black christmas is the first actual uh proper slasher movie uh, even though there were plenty of giallos that kind of dealt with this in the interpersonal yeah yeah uh, gialli gialli giallo nuclear if you're talking about more than one it's giallo yes exactly but uh and then just of course after 1974 kind of and there were more of them but it and then Halloween kind of jumped uh, jumped on that uh, jumped on this, and uh, late nineteen seventies to early nineteen eighties, where it's more or less its heyday. But uh, this is, uh, but yeah, this is this is the first one more or less. And what else you could see in December of nineteen seventy four? These yes. were the movies you could uh, see. You could see. Um, uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Uh, Scorsese is one of his few movies uh, where the uh, the main character is a woman. Uh, Delinquent Schoolgirls, Web of the Spider, Smile, Laura's Toys, Vampires with a Y, the V A M P Y R E S. Ooh, it has. Oh, there's a movie called. 
criminally insane, and it's uh, about a fat lady, and it says 250 pounds of maniacal fury. That's not good. Uh, attack of the blind dead. And if you're dead and you're blind, you want to attack somebody. Of course you do. You're dead and you're blind, and it's not good. Oh, uh, there's tempting roommates. That seems like a real movie, and not just no, uh, a proto uh, softcore. Uh, the last bath. The gold cabbage family. The human factor. With, uh, you know, ex, uh, you know, quotes around human, which is weird. Huh. Um, here's a movie called Abby. The devil is in, is her lover now, exclamation point. We also have Burt Lancaster playing Moses in the movie Moses. Oh my gosh, you want to see Moses? He'll talk like Burt Lancaster. And then Freebie and the Bean. The Godfather Part 2. So you could see The Godfather Part 2 and Black Christmas. You could also see The the Return of the Tall Blonde. Oh, that's so scary. And it's a, a guy who is, has a... Uh, he's, um, he's violining a shoe in the poster. It's very strange. He's violining a shoe. Yeah, like instead of a violin, it's a it's a shoe. He's playing a shoe with he, a bow, you mean? Yes, a, a bow shoe. Uh, yeah, yeah, with a bow. And, uh, the island on top of the world, that doesn't seem real. The Towering Inferno, Young Frankenstein, The Missiles of October, The Man with the Golden Gun, uh, The Marseille Contract, which I want to do, and, of course, Fangs. Of course. Fangs. That's, that's about snakes. Anyway. This is uh this is everything I wanted out of a horror movie. Let's get into it. I really love this movie a lot. This is really well made. It, it, a lot of the tropes were basically like inspired and put together this way. You know, the director put a lot of um uh put a uh, put a lot of work. Bob Clark put a lot of work into the characters. Her, her the drunken aunt is named after is ba basically based on his aunt that oh, really? he knew and you know and, you mean the house mother yeah the house mother of whatever it was based on Mrs. his Mac. drunken aunt and uh, they were going to uh, they offered it to Betty Davis oh and Betty Davis wow. turned it down unfortunately oh that's a bummer that would have been great that would have been really really it, but she would have cleaned up and done well but that yeah anyone. She probably didn't want to do anything too stereotypical. It made a lot of money. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. And, uh, yeah, and Margot Kidder. And, of course, I figure, uh, it, it's, although this episode is coming out beforehand, I can't believe we saw the same actor within a couple of weeks of each other of, like, doing this, uh, oh, my gosh, it's Kier, who is also... Yeah, Delia, yeah. I don't know why I didn't make this connection again. Also, he is in 2001. As oh my god, that's totally David. him. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's totally him. Yeah, so he's in some massive stuff that we love a lot. I didn't put that is... together either. I didn't put to, put it together in this movie until you told me. But it's yeah. like, yeah, that's very much his face. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's incredible that, you know, he is in such hugely important and interesting movies. This guy really knew how to pick his fucking project. Yeah. Gosh, working with Kubrick on fucking Oh, he's still working too. Yeah, awesome. Fantastic. I'm very happy with that.
But uh, those were the movies you could see in uh, December of 1974. So uh, this is based... What? Yes, Michael? Yes, oh, you're welcome. Um, this basically... Start, uh, uh, this starts out as a um, very... Like uh, like mo- uh, like most of the horror films that would uh, come after it, it starts with the killer's more or less the killer's point of view. Actually, I mean, we see like the opening shot is of this sorority house in the middle of nowhere, or it, what we think is the middle of nowhere. It's mostly just a well, college I mean, in Canada. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, well, it's not in the middle of nowhere, but it's it's in a neighborhood in a college town. Yeah, in a college town, and there's uh, we were even uh, we were personally thinking it was it was shot in Canada and done in Canada. Yeah, it was mostly done thing. in Toronto. So, but we were thinking it was supposed to be New England. Somewhere. Yes, it felt very, very felt very uh, New England, mm-hmm. and also felt like oh, going into the city either means either means either new york or boston we thought it was bought yeah we thought it was more or less boston rather than because all the leaves it looks like an ivy league type or, or you keep ivy assuming it's, a, it's an ivy league but the thing there is so many universities that in have new the england sigma the come Coast. die cap of fucking whatever. yeah the greek system's all over the place yeah exactly um <clears throat> but uh yeah this is the first time where we're gonna see a killer's Point, uh, the killer point of view, climbing, uh, finding his way to try and get into this. Well, was there home. a lot of POV in Peeping Tom? Because that was for there was yeah earlier. there was, and that's also considered a horror slasher film. Yeah, that is considered a pro, also another proto slasher film. So yes, you're right. But uh, the first time with this type of um, with t- this type of uh, uh, like doom kind of inflicting the uh, music, it well, was kind of. Perf- that was by a camera, right? So yeah. it was because and, of, he was constantly using a camera. But this one is supposed to be we're actually viewing as the character. Yeah, as the character, and it's uh, uh the guy uh, the there was a man who did the steady cam who basically mm-hmm. made made up and uh, figured out a way to do this particularly well. And the uh, the next time that they would do something similar to this was on The Shining in nineteen seventy eight, uh, filming in nineteen seventy eight. And uh, as far as steady cam invention of new ways to do shots is like really a, a how presence. Is, how is it done in like Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth and stuff? It, it 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 wasn't it was not it it was specifically it was also done with a bit of a a, a bit of a steady cam, but they did a specific type of um they they put together a specific type of rig uh, to get up the stairs to tr- because he's also climbing up that fucking oh the tr- the trellis yeah <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah we get to see this killer come up uh you know uh, take his time to you know climb this fucking house which is incredible anyway but yeah yeah uh-huh <laughs> yes uh and it's cri- it, it like i said it's christmas time the uh, the ladies are ready to the you house know. is decorated christmas Ye- music on they're Ye- having a party yes and it's it, it's 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 nice enough you know it's uh, and i uh i personally thought i love how ambiguous ambiguous the ending is i love how because they you know the studio wanted a specific ending of chris being the the character of Chris being the bad guy, mm-hmm. and and that uh, and 
I guess Bob Clark was against that idea. I personally thought for a long time in this movie that Peter slash David was the killer because he was went through a mental... It's a multiversal fucking dumb bullshit thing I was going on in my head about, which was... You wanted really him to silly. still be the David character and From David and Lisa. go back to a, an institution. Yeah, which, you know, makes plenty of sense, I guess. The, um... Yeah, and uh, the the voices in the you know the ring a ding ding as far as uh you know someone calling up ring <laughs> you gave me a really fucking weird look the ring a ding ding I'm trying to be humorous for the people who are listening the uh the the voices there's a specific voice that did all of the voices on the phone which is a very specific actor which was different from the person who was more or less using a knife to and doing all the killing it's a completely different person who was uncredited just did the voices well do, do we know who this person is michael yes we do okay we do know uh he is oh uh nick mancuso and uh bob uh did the billy's phone voice as well as uh bob clark did one of the voices as well and, you know, Albert J. Dunk was basically Billy's POV, but he is the Steadicam operator mm-hmm. throughout this entire thing. So, yeah. Uh, it is... So, yes, they during the party, the sorority house gets a phone call. Mm, yeah, and... Yeah, very scary stuff. And uh, he's very... Well, actually, the, the first phone call, Barb, Margot Kidder, she takes it into another room, and then we see... Um, a POV of, I'm just going to call the killer Billy. Yeah. Because it might as well be his it name. It is. This is his name. Yeah. We see from his POV, he is now in the house, in the attic, which has all kinds of creepy old stuff, like a carousel horse and whatnot. Margot Kidder is having trouble hearing the call. She asks the operator to fix it. And um, we hear that the party's going to be over, or at least the men have to leave, because it's, I think this is still a thing in sorority houses. Men have to be out by a certain hour. I think it's usually like Such 10 o'clock. Fucking weird bullshit. Well, well they might have sex. Oh, ah! no! Sex in 1974 or even 2023? Holy shit. In a sorority. But I, but I actually really like this phone call. This isn't this isn't Billy. This is um, Barb's mom. And I, I love the character of Barb. She is a drunk bitch and she's awesome. Yeah, and uh, it is. It, it really. Margot really is oh, doing really great. It. And Olivia Hussey really also, also really good in this, but also she was told by her psychic to do that you will do a movie in Canada that will make plenty of money. And so when she was offered a movie in Canada, she accepted it right away. Wow. And she kept on talking about her psychic over and over again to the rest of the cast. And it really kind of angered and pissed, you know, irked Margot Kidder so they teased her and fucked with her about like her ah, believing in you know all sorts of wonderful crystals and and psychic stuff which is fucking hilarious but she was like super olivia hussey was super into that shit which is okay really that's interesting straight, i mean she's like oh i'm gonna be on this type of thing but yeah all right but yeah Mar- but yeah we Mar- hear we hear margo kidder talking to her mom being like come on i'm not drunk and then we see the pov of billy actually seeing her on the phone um, a couple kisses goodnight, and the dude leaves. <laughs> and Margot Kidder says a great line here. She says, you're a real gold-plated whore, Mom. Can't wait to use that yeah, on someone. Yeah, exactly. Or on your mom. <laughs> this is called... 
I don't think I'll no. say that to my actual mother. <laughs> so that wouldn't make any no. sense. Yeah, no. I, I can't, <laughs> Whatever. I can't really I don't know. see that making sense. <laughs> no. But my gosh, what a great burn. Please please say that to all of the OnlyFans uh, friends you have. Or don't. Whoa. Or don't. Whoa. Go, I mean, if they're making plenty of money. I don't think that's what that means. No, no. But they if you're a gold plated whore, you have plenty of money because you're you have it's gold plated. because yeah, gold plated is I a lot of money. First of all, no it's not. I, I mean it can be. It's it's plated because it's not actual full gold. It's a metaphor. Michael, I'm not explaining this line to you. <laughs> God damn it. You little shit ass. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, that's also one of my wonderful nicknames. Shit ass. I'm also known as shit ass. As well as Spiky Mikey and asshole. And also by my wonderful wife who calls me shit ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. The bipolar girl thinks of me as shit ass. Shit I don't think ass, I've ever man. called you that before. I usually call you shit <laughs> What the fuck? Have I? <laughs> Yeah, oh have. really? I thought I you usually have... call you Munchkin. Yes, but you have called me shit ass. Also, she calls me shit ass Munchkin. Hello, shit ass Munchkin. It's time to talk about the killing people. Uh, shit ass. Mmm, that just makes me think of poop. All right. Oh, for the love. And as well as food, which so, turns into it. <laughs> let's not. Let's not do any of these things. Uh-huh. So Margot Kiddo, Margot Kidder goes around inviting everyone to a skiing holiday that I guess her mom is taking her. Lucky, lucky. Well, she's not very happy about it. No, of course not. Uh, so now the phone rings, and Olivia Hussey gets it. Her character's name is Jess. And she says, oh, no, it's the Mona. Uh-huh. And uh, we hear him really say some very heinous fucking shit this that is, scares... This is some messed up... Messed up. Pig cunt and you fucking shit. And it is actually because it doesn't make so much sense because it's so out there and just screaming expletives in a very like lots of c maniacal type of way. It, it it is much more scary than just like watch your favorite scary movie. You know it it, it because it to me at least even though that that I love Scream and all its sequels anyway, but it's just. I find this uh, much more unsettling because he doesn't have a point. He's just like, I wanna, I don't like you. Oh, Billy, don't hurt me. All this. So I'm sure you've written down some of the things that he says because I wanna... did. I don't know if I want. I don't know you how much say I want to say. say or say whatever you are willing to say. But yeah, he's called. He says pink. He says pink cunt. I got a flesh in your stinking Billy, I'm gonna fucking argue like that type of shit. Well, yeah, for, and for like, like um, minutes upon minutes. Let me oh, and let me lick your piggy clit. I'm like a tuna farm sucking <sighs> my juicy cock. Yeah. And, and then after all of this nonsense, just very calmly, I am going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it's, it's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, well, you gotta tell her, you know, that you mean business. You gotta talk like a regular person after being a fucking freak. To let him know that this isn't just a you know a jaunty Christmas prank, that uh, it, it's something more serious. So you talk in a serious voice and say, "I'm going to kill you." I am actually going to kill you. Yeah, mm, yes. Look at me being very professional. So uh, he is already in the house, and I think, and as we said, stra- uh, a stranger calls is 1979. That's Carol yeah. Kane, 
And so we kept on this, uh, and but this is, I think, one of the very first times that we hear uh, the, in an American slasher that uh, that we find out the kill the killers coming talking from inside the house. So yeah, anyway, but it is he is very it is very traumatizing to uh, to hear this type of uh, you know rough language, especially oh my gosh, I was really emotionally hurt. No, it was just. It was just slightly shocking by how how much of it didn't really make any sense, and how, that's how much it kind of uh, that's the reason it kind of nerved me as a horror movie. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, and Margot Kidder's character, um, she's you know she's like playing tough girl, like ah, I would just I, I should have told that guy to fuck off, and you know Livy Hesse says I don't think you should promote uh, provoke someone like that, Barb. A girl was raped in town earlier. Okay, so that's information we have now. And that's help. That's helpful to know. Thank you very much for telling me that. You know, so I like how well constructed. There's uh, as you were saying as you were watching. There's a lot of things. They really build the characters well, and they build the story well enough, and they build like little types of things that were what that we build really uh, types of. They plant little pieces of story and little character pieces that have you thinking. Uh, that have you kind of second guessing where this killer is coming from is it the rapist is it the phone is the phone caller and the killer the same is the anything like that but yeah you're supposed to second guess that stuff well i i i, I don't necessarily i that i i think that an audience possibly could i don't know i think they i think they made it pretty clear that the person inside the house is the person co- well i mean okay maybe maybe it's just because we know these tropes now maybe and back then it would have been like, ah, is this a bunch of different people who, and it's all just a coincidence? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and it's and maybe I was overthinking it so much. It's like, oh, is there two people dealing with this, or is this just uh, and uh, in this one versus the New Year's Evil, there's a lot more. Uh, he uh, in New Year's Evil, he's using uh, using a sound modifier in his mouth, and then this one, the guy's just talking in different voices. And he's not using any sort of modifier, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. fun fact. Thank you. I think it was fun, not as fun as it, other facts are. Oh, and then yeah, Margot Kidder says, "Well, you can't rape a townie." Like, what? How do you how do you figure that? That of course. I mean, you can. It, 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 oh, because it, I guess her terrible thinking is that they're terrible people, so it doesn't. So they should enjoy it i'm, I'm not really ter- sure exactly know. what she means by that yeah i think she's just being a weird asshole about shit that doesn't like she's just being cruel for no reason but she's she's giving claire some grief and says you know i know a professional virgin when i see one yeah ouch yeah <laughs> some real rough st- uh, real rough stuff oh did you know that gilda radner was supposed to play the part that andrea martin played but oh that's so interesting but she had to drop out because of snl fucking stuff but uh because she came out in 74 so she was just getting raved to be part Mm -hmm. of the fucking cast in 75 so oh yeah that would have been right before yeah so anyway anyway there was yeah the uh claire is yeah but claire is young she's worried she's freaked out Mm -hmm. and that's and it's it's understand it's understandable. I think that uh, Claire is just a bit of a is just she just might have been a little sheltered. But we don't really find out too much about Claire. No, we don't. She le she leaves, 
and yeah uh, yeah she runs she runs up to her room pack and her then, to pack her uh clothes oh yeah because she's like leaving that. she's leaving for home for the holidays yes so mrs mac the house mother comes home cigarette holder in her mouth and just a whole bunch of prezzies yeah that well that's nice i i like presents uh-huh and so Claire goes up to her room. She finds this huge cat. His name is Claude. Oh, it's a Claude. Yeah. I love Claude. Yeah, he's great. What he's a, a great, great name for a kitty. And yeah, she's packing for her trip, and we see a POV from the closet. So we know the guy is in her closet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And <laughs> it's it's uh, it's he, he she gets attacked. It's not great. Yes. Claude is meowing from the closet, so Claire goes to get Claude from the closet. That's a lot of C's right there. Mm-hmm. A lot of CLs. And the kill her uh, suffocates her with a, gar- a plastic garment bag. Oh, jeez. I believe is what he uses. Oh, no. That's not That's not good. That's bad. Uh, no, it, it's re- it's a garment. Thank you. I appreciate it. I it's it, it's pretty it's pretty visceral and then she's up there, uh, spoiler alert, we're, uh, oh yeah, by the way, we're spoiling everything. Oh yeah, we're gonna spoil the shit out of both yes, of these movies. exactly, Either... we do, like, we do all week, every week, so it doesn't yes. matter. Yeah, but, uh, uh, it is, it, it, and she's up there for the rest of the freaking movie, it's so sad, they don't even, the important thing, I guess, is in both these movies, yet again, we won again, no murder of pets, no animal yes, murder. Yes, Claude makes it. Claude makes it. Yay! And, you know, no punks tried to kill a dog or some bullshit in the second movie, which is nice, too. Yeah. Even though I would consider that more new wave stuff rather than Yeah, it really was post-punk new wave, but we'll get to that when we get we'll to get it. We'll get to that. Yeah. All right. Oh, so the girls give Mrs. Mack, I think it, I think it's a robe or a dressing gown. She puts it on, which is nice. Um, Billy goes back to the attic. Oh, this is this is where Mrs. Mack, she goes to the bookshelf. And she's like, uh, B is for booze. So she pulls out one of the books, and there's a full cutout and a bottle of liquor in there. Yeah. Which, man, if I, uh, when you see it, it's like, okay, so that's like several hundred pages that were cut out with like an exacto or something to be in the exact same shape as that particular bottle. Like, what's, like, is that your brand? Does it always cut, and you always buy that size? Because that's a lot of work. Yeah, I was just about to even say that phrase. It is a lot of work to just put that freaking alcohol, just just put it into a box behind the book, or, like, behind the book. Or it even you, like... if you wanted to do a cutout, you could just do, like, a big square cutout. You don't have to, like, trace the bottle. Like, oi, that just seems like it took hours. Also, it feels like what? Uh, how often are these sorority houses getting like uh, uh, inspected? That uh, you have to hide the booze like this. Well, also, what I thought was weird is she has several hiding places. We see her pull another bottle of booze out of the uh, tank of the toilet, and it's on a string, and she pulls it up. Another one in the back of the closet. It's like, ma'am, do you not have your own room where you can just like keep a liquor cabinet? And. Yeah, it, exactly. It's like exactly. I get I get the idea. They're trying to be like, eh, she has a problem. Yeah, well, so does Margot Kit or so yes. does Barb's Margot or Margot Kidder's Barb, who apparently they don't really they only push back on her and say uh, a couple of times that oh you're drunk you should stop acting like such an obnoxious asshole even though uh, I think Margot Kidder's Barb was increasingly starting to get unnerved by the you know by what's going on but yeah. 
But yeah. Uh, we have. She has to. Oh, what? What is next? The. What? No, it's uh. Following, or uh, we go the following morning, and uh, Claire, uh, Claire's father arrives. Or am I? Well, okay, so ahead? Jess yeah. gets a phone call. Yeah. Olivia Hussey. It's Peter who says he couldn't come to the party because he's been practicing for five days straight and she needs to see him to to talk. Um, Mrs. Mack is brushing her teeth. This is where she finds the other bottle of booze in the toilet tank on a string. She swishes and spits with it no. and then chugs it. Yeah. Wow. Don't I wouldn't do that. Jesus. That seems like, yeah. Christ, dude. And then we cut to a, a dead Claire, still dead and wrapped in plastic. Yeah, in rocking, wrapped in plastic. Yes. Um, in a rocking chair in an a, in the attic where she stays. You're right. She stays for the entirety of the film. They, she is never found. Which is hilarious for a slasher movie. The first person who gets actually killed is not even is not even found. And then like a second person is also killed and put up in that fucking attic. So yeah, Mrs. God Mac. damn. But and yeah, she's also never that. found because everyone thinks she's at her sister's. So yeah, this is where, um, Claire's dad, he's, uh, outside waiting on campus. He gets hit by a snowball that kids are throwing. So he's waiting for Claire. She doesn't show. She asks another guy. I think this is Chris. Yeah. He asks Chris, Chris about, um, about her. He hasn't seen her. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And Claire's father is very uptight, very, uh, like, very, oh, I I want my daughter to have an education, not be drinking alcohol and having fun. Brr, oh, yeah. I don't like that. You know, that he, that's his whole goddamn vibe throughout the entire thing. And it just, it, just a real fucking, you know, fucking boring namby-pamby, whatever the, the word is. So, yeah, um... Mr. Harrison, he goes to the sorority house to look to look for Claire, and he's creeped out by all the naughty decor. There's like the old lady photo where she's flipping the bird, um, and then the peace sign. The with peace the, sign that's just a, a naked couple just doing the uh, on top of each other. Just a, a couple of them, uh, the male I think spread eagle to or spread out his legs and on top of the girl or some or someone spring their legs anyway but it's uh but it is inside claire's room that is where it is and so uh, so mrs mack is trying to shield <laughs> yeah she tries to put her hand over it shield mr uh, uh mr harrison's fucking uh you know so he doesn't see how wild his daughter really has become as far as posters on the wall god damn man but you know uh she uh also you know, Jess has a has an issue too. She needs to, she needs to talk to Peter for a specific reason, but that's down the line. I yeah, I, I, I yeah. covered that they had talked on the phone, yeah. sweetie. Yeah. So Mrs. Mac agrees to show him where the frat house is, where because they're having a party over there, and she thinks Claire is probably still there, um, in exchange for a ride over. However, she does a need another drink first, and you know because the. Uh, Mr. Harrison saying stuff about oh all the yeah all the naughty sex and blah blah blah, and uh, Mrs. Mac is just like ah these broads would hump the Leaning Tower of Pisa if they could get up there. Jesus, that's a weird. Ugh, I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it seems very strange as an image. And then she head. hears Claude meowing, but he can't get to her. Claude is stuck somewhere, and he's trying to get out. That and that's the one of the saddest things is that you can't get the 
cat out of the fucking attic, and he's and he's stuck there for a good majority of the fucking movie. Gosh, I know. Sometimes it's really hard to follow like a, a kitty meow when they're stuck somewhere. Yeah, and I, I'm yeah. Again, I'm just glad he's he was okay. But yeah. And then she starts getting pissed off. She's like, God damn it, Claude, you little prick. And Mr. Harrison is like right there. And then he walks away. She flips him off. So that's what kind of lady Mrs. Mack is. Yeah, also known as an awesome lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh man, Betty Davis would have been so good. Yeah, and it, but it makes sense that she kind of turned this down. Maybe she thought it was below her. But yeah, anyway. So this is where um, Jess and Peter talk. Yeah, and Jess and Jess is pregnant. And what? What? That is true. Yeah, that's and what she tells that me. is. Uh, he's not. He's not ready for. He doesn't want that to happen. He wants. Or no, he, no, 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 it's the act opposite. No, he's, no, he's, he's I forgot. He wants it to happen. He, because he has a thing where he's like, oh, you could do whatever you want. You, I want you to have this baby. I don't want you to, it, he feels very distraught and very, because he has a specific cl- plan of what he wants to do for the rest of his life. Well, he did, but it got thwarted, but that happens. He, we talk later. about that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, she's not, she totally wants an abortion. Yeah. He thinks, he's like, well, you didn't even ask me. Well, she doesn't really have to ask your permission. No, it's just she's, because. She's like, you, well, I'm telling you. Just because some your fluid hits some something in her body doesn't mean it's, yeah, anyway. Oh, and throughout this whole conversation, she's wearing this really cute, like, furry, light pink beret. I want it. It's really cute. So he says that she only thinks about herself, but she's insistent she's going to have an abortion. He tells her to get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so shitty. And he says he wants to talk to her later, but she insists that she will not change her mind. Yeah, well, that's frustrating. Uh, I mean, for him. But, you know, you should be proud. You're so. They're all young. They're all college kids. Yeah. You shouldn't want to have to Yeah, have they're a, all in their early 20s, so. It, it makes the most sense that you. It, and it's a. Again, it's a thing where she doesn't want the relationship, and it had me reminding myself just. What flashed in my brain as soon as this conversation was over with was the neediness of Peter and wanting to have this child. But it reminded me of how uh, 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 Far, uh, Farhad w- uh, felt uh, for Princess Di. And, uh, Who is Farhad? No, I'm, I'm saying his name wrong. I feel bad about that. But uh, uh, the young movie producer in The Crown who who was having an affair with Princess Di and uh, wanted to marry her, and she was like, N- I don't think so. No, I don't know why that... But that came into my head as soon as that fucking scene ended. More men pressuring to be in a relationship while the other... while the woman wants you mean out. Dodi Al-Fayed, babe? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, Dodi Al-Fayed. Mr. <laughs> Fayed Al-Fayed. Alf, no. Oh yeah, actually, uh, the Al was is I believe not really part of their name. Yeah, Fayed. So, uh, uh, but it had me thinking of that. A lot of dudes just wanting to be in a relationship with someone. Well, I don't. Well, really... Jess doesn't say that she wants to break up with him. She just doesn't, doesn't want to have a baby. And she wants to because she has her own freaking plans. And anyway, fucking shitty. So we go back to the party. Barb is getting wasted with this little boy on her lap, and she keeps giving him sips of her booze. 
Dude, the fucking 70s, bro. Yeah, you don't do it that It was anymore. a different time. Yeah, it's very much a different time. And she's telling the, this other guy, like, oh, I think this little kid is wasted. And it's like, what the fuck? No shit, motherfucker. Well, don't do that. <laughs> of course he's wasted. You gave him booze. So another phone call. Olivia Hussey answers the phone. And it's a woman's voice yelling Billy. And then asks where she put the baby. Yeah. Baby Agnes. Baby Agnes. As, as a man. So there's two voices. Yeah. And it's creepy as shit. Yeah. It's very, very scary. And it's amazing that it was all one person pulling off all of these voices. But yeah. I thought you said it was the, it was an actor it was one and, person and the director. And the director. Yeah. Okay. So two. Yes. But uh, doing most of the most of the voices, Nick Manusco, Mancuso. Yeah. So um, I, I think it's. Who go? Um, they go to the cops. So it's Mr. Harrison, Barb, and go to Sergeant Na- uh, and Phil. Go to Sergeant. And Phil, Ma- yeah. And is Chris, Sergeant- Chris is Chris there at that point? Oh no, he doesn't know yet. I think. No, he doesn't know yet. That's no. right. Um, they go to the cops because Claire is missing. And, and yeah, and of course the sergeant's a total asshole about it. Yeah, Sergeant Nash, who is one, probably one of the stu- this I, a, yeah, a this stupid co- uh, a stupid uh, stupid cop in horror movies is born yeah. of the like really dense person who's like, oh, your your boyfriend's probably yeah, she's probably uh, just left you, or he probably just left you. He's he's not dead. It's like that's his uh, that's his response to everything. Oh, it's probably not a problem. Stop bothering me at the police station. Just fucking hilarious and terrible and also but yeah they don't take her they don't take them seriously no not and at even all. barb you know says okay i need you to call me. okay what's your number well well or, okay that happens just that, that happens later. just a smidge later we will definitely definitely gonna get to that yeah um well we cut to mrs mag getting home she is wasted yeah um olivia hussey tells her about the call she just had and she just goes to find another bottle of booze in the back of the closet as she should it. yeah, yeah. Way to um, go. So, yeah, Margot Kidder, because they had just come from the party, so she is drunk at the cop station, and this is where she gives the cop the sorority house phone number. Do you want to Do you want to talk about this it's part? A, it's, fellatio, it's fellatio, and how do you spell it? It's fellatio, 2880. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's a new exchange, F-E-L. Yeah, and he doesn't know how to spell it. She has to spell it for him. This is so... And also, cool. so... God what damn! A tool. Employment. How to be a police officer has not really the requirements haven't really changed all that much. Can <laughs> yeah, you kill that, somebody? Yeah. Can you look down on teenagers and also kill those teenagers and not care about them? And okay, do not great. Know big words. Yeah, and not no big words. You know, At know least the this important pays words. off later. Yeah, it, it, it pays off much. Yeah, it pays off later, which is impressive. Yeah, it's great. It's nice. But uh, yeah, if they don't take him seriously. They don't take them seriously, them seriously, these women seriously at all. And um, yeah. and now we are at a hockey game. A hockey game. Yeah. Well, I mean, Toronto. Toronto, yeah. yes, exactly. So. so So Jess asked Chris if he's seen Claire, and he's like, oh, well, she went... She went home for Christmas, and she, you know, she's like, uh, no, she has not. Her dad's been looking for her, and, um, he's, he's pissed that they went to the cops, and the cops didn't do anything about it, so he seems like a good boyfriend. Yeah, he actually seems like he's, he cares about her and is not pressuring her to She's like, yeah, yeah we went, and they didn't do, really do anything, and he's like, the fuck? And then finally comes back, uh, yeah, and does something when he... Yeah. And this, okay, this is... Where we see, uh, we're at the conservatory, 
and Peter is doing a, a recital for, I guess, some important old guys. He's kind of, he's, he's obviously super stressed while playing, and it's not very good. It's, it's, it's really it's not, not good. It's not great. Yeah, he doesn't have... It's not terrible, but it's not great. You know what? He doesn't have the talent of David or Muriel. He really doesn't, and it's really a shame. It, that, that, that episode has new Yeah, has it, and this will come out before that, so that doesn't make any sense. I'll do a postscript when that episode comes know, out. It'll make it, much more sense. You can't you. really call forward things, No, babe. you can't. No, I'll, I'll it's try. It's not a callback if that episode hasn't been posted. Oh, multiversal. Anyway, but um, but it's, it's really... It's, yeah. So we're back at the police station and um, an older lady is telling the cops about her missing daughter who's only 13 years old. And oh. here here we get to see John Saxon. Yay. Yeah. It's awesome. Yay. It's, it, it, it's nice to actually get some heavy hitter yeah. actual really great. This whole cast this is, whole really cast good. is really good. Really, yeah. really solid. Really well acted. It, when we have uh, Peter, uh, uh, you know, P uh, the character of Peter, he's... Uh, that is so well put together that um, you actually do think throughout the movie that he might be the killer because he's so emotional about fucking uh, about fucking up his uh, fucking up his piano performance and feeling he's all frustrated. He's very high strung and kind of control and controlling and, and yeah. a bit of a dick when it comes to the baby. And since they're mentioning the baby stuff a little bit later on, with has you think that. Uh, uh, the movie actually plays on your emotions for that. That's what I really, I mean, again, it's really just really well put together and has me, has the director has you second guessing everyone going through, but yeah. So Chris shows up to the uh, police station and he's pissed that Claire's still missing and they're not doing anything. So John Saxon says that he will look into it. John Saxon played, uh, is playing Lieutenant Fuller. Which is that's uh, lovely, but I'm just gonna call him John Saxon. Okay, I'm just saying he's a lieutenant because he keeps on making he keeps on making fun of his uh, the person who's Sergeant Sergeant Nash. He keeps on fucking I, up everything. I refer to him as it. Sergeant Douche in my notes. Okay, Sergeant I Douche. I didn't realize I was actually kind of close to his actual character name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all right. But um, so um, they're back at the sorority house. Mrs. Mack gives Claire's dad dinner. That's nice. Um, because they're kind of just waiting for her to show back up. Um, Barb is getting wasted again. And starts lashing or, or, out. Or, she, or she's still wasted. It's entirely possible yeah, she's consistently just still drunk. Still drunk. And she's like lashing out and saying, you think it's my fault. You well, know, that before, type of before fucking Before this, shit. she talks about how uh, there's a certain species of turtle that can screw for three days without stopping. I'm lucky if I get three minutes. And I know this because I went to the zoo and watched them. It was really boring. <laughs> and Mr. Harrison is like, what the fuck? What is this? Why He's is like, this... what's going on here? My daughter's gone. I don't know where my daughter is. And now I'm hearing about turtle fucking. This is not for... <laughs> and, and, and then Margot Kidder, like, because everyone's kind of like, uh, they're all cringed out. That's when she freaks out. And she's like, yeah, you think I drove Claire away. You think it's because of me. And if it's dead, if she's dead, it'll be my fault. And you're going to blame me. And it'll be my fault. It's a bad thing. And everyone's looking at us like, you need to go to sleep. Get Go to sleep. Get some. Yeah, this is some really good drunk drunk acting, though, by Margot yeah. Kidder. She, like, she's kind of. Perfectly done. She's kind of slurry. Like, it looks like her eyes aren't focusing. Yeah, it's really nicely done. And um, Phil, Andrea Martin makes her go to bed. So many people do, and we've seen this in plenty of other movies, and I'm sure our listeners have too, but so many other 
move uh, so many other actress uh, actors and actresses don't uh, can fuck up drunk acting really well and the it's the usually is, overdoing it yeah the true uh, the the test is you know act like you're act, act like, like you're, you're trying not, not to be drunk uh, and then there you go and and that's how you do it mm-hmm. but, yeah Oh, and we go back to the conservatory, and Peter, he knows he done fucked up. Yeah. He knows he screwed the pooch on that recital. So what does he do? He chooses to beat the shit out of this beautiful, grand Steinway piano with a mic stand. In this ugly green sweater with this fucked up blazer on top of it. Oh, yeah. That's not That's just... I was annoyed at this entire... The, the that entire costs thing. a lot of money, that freaking Steinway. I mean, oh, I'm yeah, sure. Actually, let, let's see how much a Steinway grand piano is. I was going to look that up, but I'm a lazy shit and didn't do it yet, but I would like to know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I... In 1974. Oh, so yeah. So they're they're like twenty two five. So they're like $20,000. Yeah, and $20,000 in 1974 is actually <laughs> quite a bit of money. Oh, one from 1974 now is a 42 grand. So yeah, doubled in, doubled in value. Doubled in f- 40 to 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. But uh, yeah, this is... So he sucks. He sucks, and it has us thinking, oh, could he be... The person who's been killed, but again, that doesn't make a lot of sense for what we know about who these who this killer is. So now we see via POV that pretty much everyone is leaving the house to go look for Claire. Um, Mrs. Mac is staying behind because she is leaving for the holiday, so she has to pack and finish up whatever she has to finish up. Yeah. So yeah, the, um, the other girls, um, Jess and uh, I think I think Barbara still passed that upstairs, uh, but Jess and Phil. They go, and it's like, it's a whole search party led by John Saxon with dogs and snowmobiles and, like, the works. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we go back to the house. Mrs. Mac is drinking more while packing. And, um, oh, a sweet uh, kitty Claude is giving dead clear kisses because he's still stuck in the attic with her. Bless his little kitty heart. Yeah, and it feels like he might actually start to eat her if she, if he does not go. Hey, if. If we die, I would want Pan to eat us yeah, instead okay. of going instead of like going hungry because I mean we're already dead. Just not the face. Oh, he'll probably start with the face. Really? Oh, that's a shame. But uh, I like my face. It's very animated and wonderful. Well, it won't be when you're dead. Yeah, I know. It'll be the opposite. Uh, deanimated. Uh, or dead animated. Yeah. All right. Fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm not happy with what I said. Let's move on. Okay, so, oh, Mrs. Mac hears, hears Claude again. She goes looking for him again. This time she hears that he's in the attic, so she goes into the attic, but Billy is there. Mrs. Mac sees a dead Claire, um, and he throws, like, this hook. I'm not exactly sure what this is. It's a hook on a pulley. It's, like, a big, very heavy metal hook. Bashes her in the fucking face with Boom. it. Like, he's just holding it on a rope, like, high above her, and he just throws it right at her face. It looks like it hurts. <laughs> it looks like it hurts, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the like... greatest thing about horror movies. It looks like it hurts. <laughs> it looks like it hurts. Uh, you know, that's how I rate a horror movie. Did it look like it hurt? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Oh, that's a good horror movie. It so like I'm it like, okay, I guess it killed her. The cabbie uh, knocks on the door and, like, checks on the person who called for the cab, and nobody answers, so he bails. Yeah. And then, the, and then, and then Billy's just like in the attic, freaking out, breaking shit. Yeah, and that's that's nice. Yeah, you're, and that has again fucking with the audience so much to think, oh, this might be the freaking 
kill her. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, then, okay, so Olivia Hussey says she has to leave the search party. She's going to go meet Peter. And then we hear a, you know, because they're out, like, in a park or something looking. Um, they hear a girl scream, and everybody runs over. And they found Janice, the 13-year-old that was missing. Um, they found her body, but we don't see it. Yeah, and you know, oh, some restraint in a horror movie yeah. where they where they talk about uh, you know, you know, pig cunts. That's not good. I mean, whatever, but Jesus, that's nice. I'm glad we didn't see a 13 year old child slain. All right. Yeah. Um. So Olivia Hussey, she's back at she's back at the sorority house. She answers the ringing phone, and there is oinking on the other end, and uh, words like, "Oh God, help me, filthy Billy." Uh, and she finally calls the cops about the obscene phone calls. It's about damn time. Yeah. They, someone should have done that when they first started. And also, these are intense. These are not like, if you've never seen it's this movie. It's not, hey, what are you wearing? Ugh, is just heavy breathing, which is still creepy as fuck. Don't do that. Yeah. It's like, is your, is your boobies as, as cold as your refrigerator? You better put them in the refrigerator. Oh, refrigerator boobies. What it's the not fuck like are that. About, I mean, I, I, that would be a weird prank just to say, oh, to put it, you know, make it sexual, make it really stupid and weird. You have to say, oh, are your boobies in the refrigerator? Because they sure are very cold. I would love to see your cold tits. And then hang up. I don't know. No, that would be also bad. Don't do that, gentlemen, uh, on the phone. So Peter shows up and (laughs) being a dick, as per usual. As per usual. And uh, he's really, you really can understand it. It's really, it's really right there. Um, So Olivia Hussey, she she gets um, Sergeant Douche on the line. I guess he just, he does phone duty, tells him about the calls, and he doesn't care about that either. This dude doesn't care about anything. Yeah, he he's not a good boyfriend. <laughs> he's not like a good caring guy. Who the fuck are you? And I'm talking about um Sergeant Douche. Oh yeah, well he is also probably not a good boyfriend. <laughs> probably he doesn't. Not. That's why he's single, and that's why you're saying, "Er, these kids, they don't know what they're talking about." You're probably they're probably ran. She probably ran away or some bullshit. So Olivia Hussey tell or just tells Peter about um the dead girl that they found, and. He's just like, oh, and he tells, then he tells her he's leaving the conservatory, I guess because he hates dorm life. He just kind of bitches about having roommates and having to wait to take a shower. It's like, well, that's, it's like, okay, you can get a side job and get your own apartment. It's the seventies in Toronto. So it's probably doable at that time. Yeah. Um, if you're a student, but I I, I don't know that, well, maybe that's just like his excuse. I think it's because he probably big. He probably he just sucks at piano. Yeah, and also you know it's not like you're a woman you can't get a credit card because I believe in 1974 that this that was the first year where you, you could be a woman and get a credit card. That sounds about right. Yeah, so it's not like you're a man who has a piano uh, sort of talent. Yeah. So Peter says they're getting married. He doesn't ask. He tells her. <laughs> that's so. That's not cool. And. Uh, Jess, she really, she asserts herself really well here. She, she said, you know, you may not want to be a concert pianist anymore, but you know, I still want to do all the things that I want to do when we first met and that she's not getting married just because his plans have changed. Yeah. And he asked her about the, and he's like, well, what about the baby? It's like, dude, she told you. Yeah. She she's done told you all about she's that. She's not going to do, she's not going to do that. You did. She's not, it's going to grow in her belly, and if she doesn't want it to grow in her belly, she's going to stop it from growing in the belly by, you know, having the doctor do something. So John Saxon is starting to put the 
dead girl, the missing girl, and the obscene phone calls all kind of together, and he says they gotta look into it. Good thinking. No shit! Way to go. Actual police work. So we see the other desk cop, um, not uh, not Sergeant Douche, but this other random dude. He looks like he's cracking up at nothing, but we find out. Um, the so John Saxon asked Sergeant Douche about the number that he took down for the sorority house with Fellatio. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, it's a new exchange. And John Saxon <laughs> says he says something like, I don't even think you could pick your nose without help or something, just insinuating that he's a dumbass and he's correct. Yeah, he is so very like, correct. Oh, oh, that's what the other cat cop was freaking out about. <laughs> he straight up took down that entire number that Margot Kidder gave because he didn't know what that word meant. Yeah, the flash. Yeah, and there's it, they really. R- rabid rail into him about fellatio he really doesn't know you would you would think they that he would know all him about fellatio <laughs> what a choice of words michael or he, he really sucked him off when it comes to fellatio no, that, no okay fine that's not as subtle no I, it's it's on the nose oh, they really do. it's on the coke I meant to say cock, but it, it came out coke. It's on the coke. All right. <laughs> whatever, Michael. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Oh, what, guys? Stupid bitch. Um, what did you call me? No, I called myself a stupid bitch. Well, okay, so now we go back to Justin Peter, and he is being, you know, still being an asshole, saying he's like, yeah, well, you're killing a baby, like, as if you're having a wart removed. So, sometimes you got to remove warts, sometimes you got to remove fetuses. It depends on if you want the wart or fetus or not. I don't want a fetus. I don't want one. I don't know why. I, what is with these dudes being young and wanting children? Because you think you're freaking, you, you think you're, your life is not going to be great, so you might as well focus on a baby that's not going to be real? I, 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 think mean, that, that... I, I think that's exactly it. He's like, oh, my, my career that I've been planning for for eight years is just, shit now. It's just not going to happen. Or, he, or maybe he just can't take criticism or whatever his deal is. And he's like, well, if I have a kid to take care of, that will like mean that my life means something. Yeah, and then, then I won't feel bad about myself and something else I can control successfully, unlike my piano playing, which mm-hmm. I don't know how to do as well as I thought I did. Uh, so he forbids her from aborting. Yeah. Shut up, bitch. And he says that if she does, she's going to be very sorry. He turned into Mike Pence 40 years later. <laughs> no, Just yeah. kicks him out of the house as John Saxon and others get back. And uh, they... Uh... So they um they see him leaving the house. Yeah. And that's a po- again more proof that he is not a he is possibly not the killer, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So John Saxon tells Livy Hussey he needs written permission to put a tap on the phone. I'm not sure how she really has the authority to do that, but whatever. Yeah. It, maybe, it, maybe it could just be maybe since it's a personal thing, if it's her conversations, she's allowed to. But I don't think she is. On the lease or on the phone book. Or a- anything. I think you would have to con- uh, contact uh, Miss, uh, uh, the old lady, Mac. I would Ms. think Mac. it would be either Mrs. Mac or possibly someone from the university. If yeah, that's what I campus, was thinking. But, but, but that's, neither here, that's really neither here nor there. We're, it's a slasher movie. We're not going to, you know, get pissed off too much about the... And he also wants to see Claire's room. Good idea. Great idea. He asked if Claire had emotional problems, who she was seeing besides Chris, like yeah. trying to be like, oh, as... Is there any basically like? Is there anything that could have happened to her that would be her own fault? Yeah, it's, it's, 
Yeah, she, uh, did she piss off any men? Did she, uh, fuck with her, anybody to make them come after her? Because or you know, did she run away with, or maybe did or she run away with someone else or Yeah, just I need as many clues as possible because, what's going on. Uh, yeah, exactly. But he does have a type of victim blamey type of, you know, I think that's, motivation. That, that, just, I like, think that's just how younger girls were treated, especially by, by men in general. Authority well, definitely by Sergeant Nash slash douchebag. He doesn't know what the word fellatio means. Yeah, that guy sucks. Um, he so doesn't they, know how to suck. Fellatio. So they tap the phone, and, um, oh, he brings Bill, who's uh, the telephone company guy as well. They're going to tap the phone, so when it rings at the sorority house, it's also going to ring a certain phone at the police station, so John Saxon can listen in. And the phone co- company is also going to be made aware of it so that they can trace the call as long as they keep the caller on the line. Yeah, Which is another trope in these movies. Uh, and bo- in, both, in both movies we're talking about today. And also, uh, this is uh, another suspend disbelief thing. It would take much longer to get a phone tapping thing for, for I mean, uh, for for that to be under control, especially if to... It'd take a little bit more. I guess now it would take a lot more bureaucracy to get a phone tapped, but, you know, right now. I, or... was, well, really? Didn't, like, the Patriot Act make it so you can... Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that makes it more it much more almost easy. In your, well, 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 I mean... Yeah, that's yeah, that's just too much to get into. For again, this movie, that's uh, again this type of stuff uh, in a slasher movie is very suspended belief. I think it actually stuff, is yeah. pretty quickly... You can trace a call. Like, I, I remember hearing somewhere that it's like, you don't actually need, like, five whole minutes. But that's more recently. In the 70s, I really don't know. Yeah, because it takes it on for two minutes. Oh, we didn't get, you know. <laughs> we're going to find out in the later movie as well as this movie. Oh, you didn't. You, you weren't on there for long enough. Did you get up? No. <laughs> Did you trace it? No. We we fucked up. He hung up or whatever. Yeah, so, na- so nowadays, like, yeah, it's kind of instantaneous. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, Christmas carolers at one one point which are uh, which is nice it gives a nice flair to what's going on but yeah well it does it does I like the Christmas carolers so Peter is still like he left the house but he didn't leave entirely he is still lurking outside yeah so he's going through it so um, Phil is crying she says she feels like claire's dead and she needs to go to bed she's just i if i were her i would be exhausted too yeah and she's right on the money she's correct (laughs) claire is dead yes so the police station tap is a go we see again pov in the attic of uh, a dead rocking claire that's what i call her because she's dead claire in the rocking chair yeah well you rhymed indeed i did okay um, and now we see, via POV, um, we're heading into Barb's room. Um, and Olivia Hussey can hear her gasping from where she is. And I'm like, oh, is she having an asthma attack? And I'm, and I'm like, yep, she's having an asthma attack. And Olivia Hussey gives her her inhaler. Um, Barb says she dreamed that a stranger had come into her room. And this is where the carolers are outside, Pumpkin. Yes. And uh, as... And that's when uh, Jess watch, uh, watches the car- uh, carolers or singers. Yeah she, yeah, she opens the door to them as Barb and Phil are in bed. 
Um, and this is where we see POV, the killer, is just kind of walking through the house like he's going to make some kind of move. He walks down from the uh, from the attic. From the attic, yeah. And go, uh, well, he was already into... in Margot Kidder's room. Remember? Yeah, he was already in Margot Kidder's room. But yeah, she went. he went down from the attic into Margot Kidder's room uh, as this is happening and uh, basically... You know, gets rid of bar. Gets rid of her. Well, yeah. So the so Billy is in Margot Kidder's room. Margot Kidder's room. He um, or Barb. Um, he calls her Agnes, and he grabs her crystal unicorn. Yeah. And stabs the shit out of her. And this is inter. This in, the entire kill is intercut with the children caroling. Yeah, it's really well put together. It's really good editing as yeah. far as like yeah. Um, she you know as she's dying, she knocks over other crystal figurines. Um, the lady who's, I guess, in charge of the carolers says that they have to leave, but, um, Olivia Hussey tips them anyway. Well, that's just nice to do. That's what yeah. you're supposed to do. And, uh, yeah. So the phone rings again. It is, we know that it is being tra- traced. There are whines over the phone as the tracing happens, and then two boys yelling. John Saxon's listening in to this, being like, what the effing fuck? Like, he's like, this is what the calls they've been getting? Like, and they... You know, they didn't tell us about it sooner. Um, and then, you know, the person on the other end of the phone says, like, yeah, just like having a wart removed. So now Olivia Hussey it thinks it's Peter. Out. Yeah, and thinks it's Peter. Because it's like, who else knows that line? Well, the, the dude that's been hanging out in the attic watching you and listening to everything that's been happening in the house. Yeah, and so, the, yeah, the killer slash Billy. Uh, so, so it could be either. Yeah, exactly. And that is, and the frightening wart is like, oh, shit, ah, that's... Free, uh, you you really it's really believable the type of fear that she uh, the fear that she has on her face yeah so she's freaked out she hangs up phone rings again and that's just John Saxon calling telling her the call wasn't long enough to trace but she doesn't tell him about the Peter connection but he kind of asks anyway since he's like he's like oh you you said oh my god in kind of a weird tone is there is there something going on and i saw your boyfriend leave the house and he seemed kind of pissed like what's the deal and then she basically she she says kind of what what happened what happened that she uh, that she had no, a, she, no this isn't where she, she oh that's not where no she, she doesn't she around. doesn't tell him yet there's some commotion in the police station so john saxon has to, john saxon has to hang up and he has to go um this is where yeah uh, an old guy shot a trespassing cop with birdshot in his ass. It's <laughs> awesome. So it's like, this. Is, what kind of town is this? Apparently, what, where we're shooting buckshot it, on Christmas Eve or wherever, or whatever this is, around Christmas time, we're just shooting, uh, you know, shooting people accidentally in the buck. Never mind, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh. Oh. Olivia Hussey. She tells Phil that it might be Peter, but she's not sure. No, she isn't. No. So the phone rings again. John Saxon picks up on his end at the police station. Yeah. Um. Asks for Jess. So she thinks um it that it's Peter, and it is. And he tells her, you know, he's kind of crying. He tells her she can't kill the baby. And Bill couldn't trace that one either. Yeah. At the at the phone company. Yeah. John Saxon calls back to ask what he meant by killing the baby. That's when she tells him, well, you know, I'm pregnant and I want to abort and yada yada. 
And he's not for that, and he wants to but keep he's, the baby. Yeah, but he knows she's still hiding something. And she tells him that, oh, that's right, Peter was at the house when another one of the fucked up calls came, so it can't be him. No, it can't be him. Of course not. It's not Peter, even though he has a weird baby thing. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, John Saxon, he calls for house-to-house searches, I guess looking for Claire. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Oh, um, so Phil sees some of the search party guys outside. They, like, knock on the window. They scare the crap out of these poor girls. And they're just like, well, we want to know if you've seen anything suspicious. You mean other than you? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. We're just here to, you know, make sure you're okay and look around. And and they also have, like, kind of freaky kind of hey i'm here to look at your uh, look and hang out with you you ladies of uh, of college you know we're not scary or creepy or fucked up or strange with a freaking gun and uh we're not gonna hurt you that yeah thank you helps yeah that calmness yeah they keep trying to convince them like no dude we're fine go away now go away (laughs) oh john saxon he then asked one of the cops to get all of Peter's records from the Dean of Admissions because he knows he ain't right. Yeah, he has he has some emotional problems. So Olivia Hussey, she answers another fucked up call with two voices. You know, one is Billy yelling about Agnes. Um, Bill is like searching around. Like, I'm not really sure how this call tracing is supposed to work. We kind of just see him looking around at like, I guess, kind of a switchboard type thing. Yeah, and it, it going forth to figure it out yeah it's it's very 1970s yeah okay here here just so chat gpt says during the 1960s and 1970s phone calls were traced primarily through the use of manual call tracing equipment the this equipment was operated by trained technicians who would physically connect a tracing device to a specific phone line in order to listen in on and record the conversation additionally phone companies also kept detailed records of all calls made and received on a particular line which could be used to trace calls. However, the process was often time-consuming and labor-intensive. With the advent of more advanced technology in the following decades, phone call tracing became more automated and streamlined. Well, that wasn't terribly helpful. Thank you, ChatGPT. That was not helpful as as much as I wanted it to be. Okay, so it's so it's like relay switches at the main office, and he's, I guess, looking... The relay switches were in a large cabinets in a large room full of cabinets. To trace a call, a technician had to run around from cabinet to cabinet. So that is what this person is doing. He is running around, And yeah. see which relay switch, if any, were closed. He would write down the location of each switch. The location Ooh. would be cabinet, row, and then the individual relay in that row in the cabinet. When he got all ten numbers, he reported that call to the police. Okay, so that's why the call needs to be super long, because the guy has to run around and see which relay switch is activated. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay, that ma- yeah, that makes actual sense, yeah. Because he's, yeah, he's physically doing... The running around, yeah. But but also okay so that also makes sense because I'm like okay well give her give her like an amount of time does it need to be a full minute does it need to be three full minutes okay I guess they can't it's just however fast Bill can run yeah okay <laughs> that makes all that makes sense that's good um so John Saxon he um hears that Peter you know studies at the conservatory so he goes to look he sees the destroyed piano um we go back to Olivia Hussey the call is still going. Bill does, in fact, trace this one. Um, so he calls John Saxon, he, and he gives the sorority house address. 
John Saxon's like, no, that's where the call is going to. You've got it mixed up. And he's like, no, they're coming to and going from the same house. house. Oh, and here we go. Another trope is born of the killer. The, yes. The phone call is inside the house. Oh, my. Although I think, I think, I could be wrong, but I think the urban legend is probably older than it being in films. Films probably stole it from the legend. Yeah. We, uh, w- both of us have seen enough Gialli, but I haven't really... F- uh, I can't remember them ever saying in any Giallo or any uh, six, early 60s or mid-60s horror films about a call being from inside the house. So this might be one of the very first times this is put in a movie. So John Saxon calls the cop that's kind of um, watching the sorority house, but he did. He's, yeah, he's he's gone. So he does not answer, of course. His throat is slashed. So John Saxon has Sergeant Douche call Olivia Hussey and tell her to leave the house. And he says, do <laughs> not this. tell her that the <laughs> caller is there as to not freak them out. Remember not to do that. Oh, okay, sir. I won't do that. And then, so yeah. So Sergeant Sergeant Douche um, does call her. Now Olivia Hussey is um, the only one up. The other two are in bed. Um, but they're actually in reality dead. Dead. We know this. Yes. When, when did Andrea Martin die? I I don't did I miss, remember. Did I miss that one? That was kind of unceremonious, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and uh, after finding whatever. Uh, Phil f- found Barb's body from upstairs and then supposedly got murdered. Oh, That's yeah. when that happened because she's, yeah. But uh, that uh, that was quick. Anyway, Sergeant Nash does it for the first, tries to figure it out for the first, like, minute or 30 seconds to a minute okay. before saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so, yeah, Phil and Barb are dead, but... Jess thinks that they're upstairs in bed. He yeah. tells her to leave the house. She wants to get the other girls. That's when, like, he fucks up and says, no, you can't go upstairs to get them because the caller in the house. <laughs> so she freaks out, of course, but she yells for them. She doesn't want to just leave them up there with them, even though they're already dead, but she doesn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if they don't answer because, you know, they're dead. And also, it, uh, and she discovers that they're dead. But yeah, there is... It, it, also, are you that fucking dense? There's better ways to figure... Are you that stupid, uh, Sergeant Stupidhead? I, it, you, you immediately, after like 30... You don't even try to intellectually try to do it in a different way. You just give up and say, oh yeah, the killer's in the house. Do, do you not listen to your fucking lieutenant? You yeah, fucking you dumbass? were literally told not to say that. Oh my god, what a piece of shit. But... Instead of leaving, Jess gets a fire poker and goes upstairs to get the other girls. Yeah. And another thing where, like, it, that's in plenty of... It, this is tropes for days that are born in this movie, or mm-hmm. at least, like, uh, gestated, you know, that are uh, that are at least at fetus uh, level, these tropes, you know, but... Anyway, she finally get uh, she finally gets uh, gets up there to discover that the uh, the two the two dead bodies of Barb yes. and Phil are mm-hmm. are gone and uh, well, they're God, not gone damn. the bodies are there well, the bo- bodies are there their souls and or their you know and then Billy is also in the room but she slams the door on him he chases her um, but she locks herself in like a basement and he freaks out. Um, John Saxon and the rest of the cops are on the way. So they're, um, she's in, the, she's in the basement. She has the fire poker. She's, you know, scared shitless. We see a shadowy figure walking outside the basement windows. 
as if to check if she's there. Yeah. And then that shadowy figure goes away, and we see another figure at the windows, and it's Peter. So I'm like, okay, why does Peter know she's in the basement? Yeah. And Peter shouldn't know that she's in the basement unless he's hearing like screams, but there's that, but no, no she's, she's been, been, she's been, been quiet. But she's been super quiet. So that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. So Peter breaks the window and he gets in the basement and, um, just hides from him. Yeah. Cause yeah, she's still not a hundred percent on him <clears throat> and I don't blame her as she, as she should be. I would be freaked out too. Yeah. So John Saxon finally gets to the sorority house. Here's Olivia Hussey scream runs and he runs into the basement to find a dead Peter on top of Olivia Hussey, who we think is dead, but she's actually okay. She fucking killed him, I guess, with the fire poker. Yeah, she killed she killed him with the fire poker mm-hmm. because she was freaked out because she thought it w- Peter was the killer or is the killer. Mm-hmm. So just she's either sleeping or or on something pretending to, make her sleep. to be uh, uh, out or knocked out or I don't think she's pretending. Okay, okay. Right. She, because she's she's in her bed. She's surrounded by people. Oh, okay. they might have. She might be in shock. They might have given her something. Yeah, there's cops all over the place. They say they'll take her to the hospital later, uh, and they just assume Peter did everything. Case closed. And then, from... however, we go back up to the attic, and Billy is still being crazy with the never found bodies of Claire and Mrs. Mack, and the cops leave Olivia Hussey alone in the house. Yeah, again. Because they didn't think to check the attic. Always check the attic. Check every freaking check room. Check everywhere, yes. Jesus. So, so then there's a pull out of the sorority house, and the phone rings again throughout the entire end credits. Which is really nice. Very, very creepy. So he's probably going to get her. Yeah. Would you recommend this to oh, yeah, movies? Absolutely. I mean, uh, no, we, uh, we both recommend both movies. They oh, yeah, both, totally. Uh, slightly different vibes but they're really good as far as like as far as slashers go um any any other words or things you wanted to say about uh about black christmas you know i've been talking a lot do you have any other words or things you'd like to say about black christmas i would like a lot of things to say about black christmas i enjoyed it there we go no uh i have more gosh darn it fine all right these are this is uh notes without context oh we're gonna do that already well, yeah, it's the end of the fucking thing. All right. Mary. You don't have any trivia or anything? I mean, there's plenty of tri- I mean, plenty of trivia trivia. Well, do do whatever you want, pumpkin. All right. I will. This is uh notes without context. This is where I talk about uh, do a um poetry piece based on my notes that I have uh, written down and hopefully these will make sense. House in nowhere. One of the very first American horror slashers with the killer's POV. Killer POV climbing up. You, Yuletide health. Call on the phone. Open window. The killer come down has earned ho- holiday secrecy. All the good plate where he'll go skiing. Made some other plans. The moaner jerking off and carrying his phone. Let me slick stick it and lick it pig cunt oh i'm not happy about that and i lick it pretty tuna farm fat freaking creep i'm just killing it you catapult to tame professional version some things to do Margot character's a jerk cat violence it doesn't happen yippee cat killer comes in i got to 
hate hard. Killer is going phone hotter. That booze. Caller again. I'm... I'm a hitter sound start. I have, you know, bridging of the teeth. Moving along into the bathroom. Plastic long in the facing. Meaning near the client's clone human. Ho, 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 shit. Is the Santa naughty? Yes, roads. Peace signs. Christian. Peace signs. Oh, so no tree. Ichabod Crane gonna give you another cramp. Fortress, these girls. Loomer Kinnear of pizza. Ooh, the... Oh, that's what it's that's what it means. The looming tower of pizza the pizza pizza. Is a pizza. Claude, Claude's little prank, dead face, pregnant, haven't even asked her for an abortion. Knew that I'm gonna have to get you out of here. David Oh, David's a jerk who's now named Peter. Oh, he's so angry. Who's she gonna get to get uh, to put away that baby? Police station, now shut up. Uh, hurdle about it. Claire Harrison of Fellatio 28880's touching. He has hockey. Why? Picnic playing was ass, says his wife. And the macho turtle screws for three days. She drinks day shit, for God's sakes. Her eyes are in the tower. Peter is trashed. His, his piano... Do that to my stepfather, and I'll hold you here for the holidays. Doing a sleep outcry, Kitty wants to get back at Claude in classrooms. Get up at that attic, Claude. Killer is in the attic. I'll swing by looking the killer pissed off in the atties in the planetarium. Inside, CT screaming, color scream, screaming. Billy, Billy, oh my gosh, so many Billies, so well made in the Billy area. Oh, closeted Peter. Maybe if closet, uh, maybe if Peter had a little bit more emotional connection, he could deal with all of his emotions. He needs to go see a therapist, but most n people named Peter do. Oh, a fucking stupid cop who's least core about. He's leasting caring about the community. He doesn't care. Wart removed. Anything of yourself. What you're going to be is very sorry. A tap you plain. Love the America. Oh, that's that's not a thing. Hardly at all emotional problems. One of our own men. So now ha have nothing to worry about. Is Peter David the killer? Oh no, I hope not. Okay, sure. Two killers like scream. Is that possible? One person holding a baby doll or Skinner killer overlooking smoke up. Ooh, kids singing. Oh, I'm not for that. Destroy the crystals. Oh, phone is ringing again. No, Billy at my mother and the Richard. Oh, my gosh. But you to be the Boy Scout. Are you going to be a good Boy Scout and not say they these mean things oh like it is like scream maybe like two colors bill graham the concert promoter oh just pissing me off peter slash david needs to go back to the school the school where he felt a lot of pain oh working our way to twerking this no that's not anything Cl clone is on the other not on the wet Cl claire is not on the Wednesday. Oh, gosh, that doesn't make any sense. Goodbye, your other face. The disher. Ouch, where's the lady? Caller from inside the house. Oh, shit, Jennings is down, way down. Phil, oh, now she's dead. Nash is a bad cop. 
coming from the stairs, slamming the psychotic, angry behind thunder. No, oh, basement is dark and damp, just beautiful editing. No, oh, please be kind to the people, to Peter. Oh, Peter died. Oh, gonna pull out that ending shot. Oh, the phone's ringing again. Yep, that's what happened. That was Notes Without Context. Oh, there, there is a lot of interesting trivia for this, though. Um, according to Bob Clark, Margot Kidder insisted on drinking real alcohol for the various scenes where Barb was to be drinking and intoxicated. Oh, wow. Oh, so maybe that wasn't drunk acting. Yeah, maybe she actually was the thing. But also, being able to um, do your memorized lines while drunk, also a skill, I think. Yeah, very impressive skill, actually. Yeah. So um, apparently they um, they used tamer language for the um, the calls on set, and then um, ADR'd the more fucked up shit later. Yeah, the the stuff with the uh, the C the the C bombs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it it. I think the most fr- yeah the most frightening thing is the nonsensicalness of of the of Billy's killer voice of the and of the different voices and how how much it doesn't make any sense. That's the thing that really, you know, stands out on this viewing to me as far as, like, something that legitimately scares me quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Is there any other huge news that you wanted to say or no? Let's move on. Okay. Well, we're, our next movie is probably uh, one of our new favorite movies we're probably going to watch every fucking year because it is so awesome. We're talking about... New Year's Evil from December of 1980. This movie came out, and December of 1980, they sh- which means they shot this like a year before, mm-hmm. yeah, or like earlier beforehand. Even though it says that they shot it like December 15th and it was released like December 18th, which doesn't seem correct. What I loved about this, it shot around our neighborhood, which is really nice. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really all in great. Hollywood in the Valley. And in, yeah, all in regular Hollywood and in North Hollywood. Although they don't there, really there's go. There's some stuff in Van Nuys and Sherman Oaks. Yeah, and Van Nuys like the, and um, Sherman Oaks. the hotel is in Sherman Oaks. Yeah. And, but, uh, they, uh, they're talking about punk, but it's all more or less like new wave music that's playing instead of punk music, even though it's Which a type still of punk been party. Which still would have been pretty early for new wave. Yeah. So that's kind of it. So maybe a post-punk type of Post-punk slash. type of thing. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, the bands are called... Um, <laughs> Shadow and Made in Japan. Yeah, and uh, Shadow, you can, you can get that song of new year's evil on spotify if you want it ladies and gentlemen yeah, it's, listening. A it's a very impressive song and it's very it's 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 a really great earworm it's very it it, it gets in there as a earworm and uh but yeah let's t- uh before we get into it these were the type these were the movies you could see in december of 1980 that is like euphoria ufo oh my we also have Warp Speed, uh, Carnival Magic, The Munster's Revenge, uh, Berlin Tunnel 21, Malibu Hot Summer, uh, Sex is Crazy. Well, I guess uh, sometimes wow. it is. Uh, a movie just, uh, another movie called Scream, which is interesting that a movie called Scream came out in 1980. Uh, Home Sweet Home, High Risk. The Loch Ness Horror. <laughs> um, uh, oh, we also have the Pee Wee Herman show was released 
uh, during this particular time, which was weird, which is like a probably a short special. The Pee Wee mm. Herman show was released during this time. Altered States, which we're going to do eventually for the pod as well. Um, Whitey Hawk the Slayer, Inside Moves, uh, Neil Simon's Seems Like Old Times. Six Swedish girls at a pump. That is that. That's very clearly a uh, gas station um, uh, softcore porn movie. It feels like uh, Night Kill, the formula with George C. Scott and Marlon Brando, the jazz singer, Stir Crazy, Wind Walker, Nightmare City, Tanya's Island, the competition. Flash Gordon, and Pinocchio's Christmas, and of course, Lucifer Rising, uh, which is a wonderful short film that I guess was re-released during uh, December of 1980. But these were the uh, movies. I uh, We discovered this movie last year yeah. and w- have just loved, loved it so much, and it just has... A certain uh, a certain amount of silliness. It has a certain amount of just gall. A lot of go for broke. A lot of low budget. You know, disturbing shit. We have also, uh, again, we have a. Uh, we also like we've seen in movies that are that we're also another movie that we're gonna do for the pod that has not been released yet. But there's a movie we did called Pieces that remind me a little bit of pe- uh, it remind me a little bit of Pieces remind me of April Fool's Day remind mm-hmm. me of Mother's Day all these all of these days you know because after Halloween they were just. Uh, looking for different ways to do uh, to do short, quick, sh- uh, and uh, holiday cheap slashers. Uh, holiday slashers of all sorts of holidays. Not and of course it makes sense that you do one for New Year's Evil. The uh, the reveal that he's just, that it's just a bat, uh, just an unhappy husband who's just killing for no reason. A lot of critics didn't necessarily like that. Didn't have enough punch. But now in today's society, or I don't know today's society, but it just it it real it really starts to pack a punch because it's just a bitter, unhappy divorce. You know. Uh, soon to be married guy emasculated emasculated man who's just so angry about his son being turned against him or some dumb bullshit and nope, just, that, not, not that or not we'll that but not that but uh, she he's ang- angry for a whole bunch of reasons about not being able to see his son for a little bit right or not no nope, right? no nope, wasn't really that oh either, god I damn it i i took something from the movie that was wrong god damn it uh what you know at the it it does feel like on the cut co- it, it is it does feel like 1980 in every in every way it's very Los Angeles of 1980 okay. the the hair the uh, the music is what kind of sta- uh, s- stands out here and not just the New Year's Evil but the dumb blonde song is a really uh, a silly type of fucking stupid song that just has uh, that that's very very catchy uh, you know they're mosh they're not. N- they're mosh pitting, but they're, not necessarily mosh pitting. Well, you know they're they're slowly they're, they're kind of se- they're kind of semi moshing. They're proto moshing. They're they're kind of you know touching each other like very slowly. Ugh, like I'm gonna wiggle my body next to your body, but not ne- and then kind of touch it, but not necessarily. There's not, not necessarily a lot of aggressive or moshing. Kind of a, a like, mixture of the two. Like, uh, but it, it feels like dancing on heroin. Just like uh, it kind of touch it, you know the type of dancing you would find 
like at the end of a dance off that is not that's been going on for on a long for like, period of time. On for multiple days, yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of the Always Sunny type of thing where it was going on for a long period of time where they had to dance for... Anyway. But uh, it just... It, they're not really... They're only kind of... And they're not really moving to the music of the... Uh, uh, they're not really moshing to the rhythm of the music Well, the either. bands are also very clearly like airplane and lip syncing. Yeah. Like they're not even trying to attempt to make it look like they're not... <laughs> I uh, but it is it it is some of the most awesome music. I can't I I've been humming both those songs for the past couple of de- uh pa- past couple of days. I, oh yeah, uh, okay. So so the band isn't Shadow. It's Rock Band Shadow. Rock, rock Band Shadow. Rock Band Shadow. If you want, yeah. If you're looking it up, but uh, <laughs> I am. Yeah. Oh Christ. Yeah, so some of the songs are, yeah, New Year's Evil, When I Wake Up, Simon Bar, Sinister, Temper Tantrum, Headwind, Cold-Hearted Lover, oh, various forms of Auld Lang Syne. Yeah, Dumb Blondes, which is fun. Uh, the Cooler, Suicide Ways, and those are by Made in Japan. Yeah. Is, uh, okay. Oh, I guess filming began in Los Angeles, California on... October 15th, 1980. So they were able to... Oh, shit. Yeah. And then release it on... You can kind of tell. December 19th, 1980. You can tell this was rushed, yeah. That, that this was rushed. But it's still it's still great. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's cut well. It's sharp. It's a, There's a, a lot of silly kind of stupid humor in this that really, mm-hmm. you know, very much a recommendation. Before you listen to the rest of it, yeah, just watch it. It's really... It's I I loved it a lot. A lot of critics thought it was not very good. Both well, critics Roger, generally hate slashers. They generally hate most horror unless it's like they hate most genre of picks unless it's period or something. Yeah, something stupid. But yeah, uh, both Roger Ebert gave it like one and a half star, and Siskel gave it like it gave it zero stars, which is a real fucking shame. Because I, I I don't think it's a hideously ugly picture. It's not ugly. Ugly is not the name I would I would do. Probably down and dirty. But uh, yeah, we meet. Uh, uh, this is uh, it, it, it's one. It, this movie's great. I'm sorry. I'm just really excited. We get we get kills. We get a woman named Blaze, who's our heroine, whose actual uh, character name is Diane. DJ Diane, yeah. also known as Blaze. Diane Blaze Sullivan, played by Roz Kelly, Pinky Tuscadero. Yeah, and uh, she, uh, it, it, it all feels very believable. The agents look like agents. Uh, the the manager looks like an actual manager. They, oh, well, they do. I mean, uh, there, it, it's cast. <laughs> the very people well. look like people. I believe that's true. They do, do look. Like I people. do think that the um. I don't know if they use central casting or anything for all the uh, the new wave punk kids, but I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they just pulled a bunch of people in off the boulevard. Yeah, just uh, just kind of mosh, kind of uh, you know, kind of dance like you're tired. <laughs> not to the not to the beat of the music or any sort of music. Anyway, this is a very LA movie, very 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 LA, and uh, we uh, we start with where where we. Yeah, where do we start, Pumpkin? Okay, okay. The, um... (coughs) Okay, so Blaze is getting her makeup done for her show. She tells her manager to drop a lewd and relax. Yes, very much relax. It's 
just a New Year's Eve show. You don't need to keep on freaking out, freak out. Hot take, babe. Thank you. She calls her assistant Yvonne to ask if she got in touch with Richard, her husband. She says, yeah, he's in Palm Springs, either coked up or loaded. That's unfortunate to hear. Oh, well, actually, okay, during the credits, we're actually just seeing some, like, punk new waivers, like, uh, in a, you know, like, tend to a convertible, yeah. uh, driving, driving down the boulevard. Oh, uh, that happens, okay, a little bit, oh, a little bit later. Okay, so this is kind of a cold open. Yvonne is in her hotel room putting on lipstick. She turns off the dripping shower. Um, the hotel door, or the door to her room opens. She checks, no one is there. She closes it, the shower is dripping again. She is annoyed by this. She goes in, turns the knob again, but she is grabbed by a black gloved hand uh. from inside the shower and slashed behind the shower curtain. Oh no, and it, it, it's it's really sad. Uh, she, uh, it usually throughout it's the- It's really sad, babe. It is sad. It is sad, and uh, it is an anam an anomaly. Uh, it's an anomaly because the majority of his victims for throughout the rest of the night are all blondes, and, and she is not blonde. Or hence the song "Dumb, Dumb Blondes. Blondes." Yeah, but this is the first one, and this really doesn't count because we're not really. Is this is Yvonne before uh, the uh, the New York uh, midnight thing? Because oh yeah, I think yeah, that... Yvonne's first. Yeah, Yvonne's, Yvonne's first. Yvonne's at the very beginning. And this is not, and we're not even uh, on any midnight schedule yet. So this is just a free yeah, the, the kill sh- that she's just doing. Yeah, the show hasn't started yet. This is just a hate killing. This, this is just a hate killing, just to make sure he's getting himself riled up to do the rest. Which is like, yeah, all, all killing is a hate killing. But yeah, I get your yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's not part of his, like, it's not ritualistic. He just is annoyed that, we'll get into why he doesn't like Yvonne later, but um, he just doesn't like Yvonne and he wants her dead. Yeah, well, he doesn't like most of the people talking to his wife, but that's a reveal later, but yeah. Anyway. So yeah, now we see all the Hollywood kids driving down the boulevard, uh, a chick in a van flashes, and then they show up to the show. Yeah, and they're re- uh, they're ready to. Do you have your ID or your tickets? And uh, yeah, yeah, the security's asking for tickets. And uh, the security guys are very. Uh, the security guy is a very big, bulky fucker, and he just does not. Uh, He's a big fat dude. Uh, that's that's harsh. But okay, uh, I was gonna see a big bulk. But I-, I think he's a big bulky fucker. But yeah, uh, fat dude. That's what we should call him. Yes, bulky fucker is that's so much nicer. Yeah. Well. So this see. show is at um what used to be called the Valley Hilton Hotel, but it's now I think um. It's a. What's the uh, courtyard? Courtyard by Marriott in Sherman Oaks. Oh, it's a courtyard by Marriott. Oh my gosh, we gotta, ch- I mean, I gotta talk to my dad, say, hey, get down to the courtyard by Marriott in Sherman Oaks. In Sherman Oaks on the boulevard. Yeah, and that's that's a good one to pick. One of the best places to pick a um, a really fantastic uh, hotel is on the boulevard. And when I'm talking about the boulevard, I'm talking about Ventura Boulevard, which was immortalized in... A Tom Petty song about vampires being on the boulevard, and uh, which is also pretty prevalent in a Jerry Maguire uh, movie, which had Tom Cruise in it, who is a who is looking weird 
he's looking weird now. He's in his mid, uh, he's in his early sixties, and his face and everything like that is looking weird. I'm not sure Scientology is allowing him to do plastic surgery because I don't think it's plastic surgery. But uh, it, anyway, but uh, that I didn't know that. That's awesome mm-hmm. that it's uh, that it's the yeah. It's, it's only a few miles from us. Yeah, only a few miles from us, and also we see a Dale's Junior, and there's three Dale's Juniors. I really thought yeah, so a whole bunch of this shit was just. Shot around I don't know here. if we want to give people too uh, much clarification on what area we live in. Yeah, we might it's not nearby. Want, we might not want to be that specific. No, we're not going to be specific at all. In case anybody wants to stalk us for I, some reason, which we are not worth stalking. I mean, we we're very we're very boring people, and I do not want, and I'm not going to I'm adhere sure you to your that. bullshit. What? 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 Oh, okay. Um. So one of the punks pulls a, what we think is a switchblade on the ticket guy, but it turns out to be a cone. Oh, such a, a suave yes. motherfucker. Ooh, very impressive. What a great way to scare off the fucking ticket guy who's, who's a, quite a bulky fucker. <laughs> the fudge, dude. <laughs> oh, fudge. So now Blaze's son, Derek... He shows up to the room. He's also Grant Kramer from Killer Clowns from Outer Space, eight years later. Yeah. This was his first movie. Really? Wow. Yeah. He plays a very emotionally disturbed young man very well. Indeed. It's just very... And, yeah, this is is good act... This is fairly good acting for someone who's who's a, a child of possible divorce or estrangement between the two... Uh, between the, your two uh, parents... Because his two parents are like feel very head butting. Yeah. Well, that's help buddy. Whatever. Not really, babe. Um, I mean, kind of. We'll get into it. Let's get into it when it's time for that. Okay, we'll do. I'm just. Uh, it, it, I'm just. His introduction of being a mopey, unhappy kid is is striking enough. Well, we we kind of see why. So he goes into Blaze's hotel room. It's his mom, and he says, "I have good news." And she just says, oh, that's great, honey. Yeah. Doesn't ask him what it is. Just, that's great. Because she's, you know, she's... Focused on her New Year's Eve show. Yeah, she's kind of in the zone, focused on her thing. So he says he got a part in a series that starts shooting shooting next week. And he brought her a... He did bring her a dozen roses, which is very nice. Well, that's awesome. That's something to be excited about. To get a shot in a series. And that's certain... I would be really excited for my... Uh, for my son or my daughter if they did or whatever not that i would have one but that i mean you would think they would have a little bit more energy if you're saying i got i got a tv show that's going to be shooting that's impressive to do in fucking los angeles god damn and she's like i don't care that's nice she doesn't she didn't she doesn't put in the effort to be a decent enough mother towards her son who just fucking achieves something really hard to do in los angeles well um the series is called Spaceship America, so I can see that being less exciting. Yeah, well, it's 1980. It's not going to... Spaceship America sounds fairly... Like, a, it's not going to get past a couple episodes, but it's nice and impre- It's impressive nonetheless. Anyway. No, I, I just I just think it's nice when an actor can get work. That's all. So she she invites him down to um, come and watch the show live. He doesn't want to. He wants to watch TV all night instead. And he also didn't know that his dad was in Palm Springs. So this whole family is just kind of, they just don't talk very much, I think. Yeah, that's why I thought it was, they were estranged or something well, was weird there or something. They yeah, just don't yeah. communicate. 
Yeah, you know? they just kind of do their own thing. And they don't really get. I I found that very strange because if you're going to be if you're going to be an actual family, you should be communicating, and that's why I thought they were on on thin thin ice with each other. At least I think it's more just yeah, more just distant. I don't know, full estrangement. Like they're like they're just not talking. Yeah, all right. Yeah, they just all are doing their own shit. Okay. Um, so now it's time for Hollywood Hotline, high oh. above the Sunset Strip. It is not, it is in Sherman Oaks. No, it's in Sherman Oaks, but yeah. With the First Lady of Rock, Belaze. So that's her show. She shows up in this like kind of pinkish, reddish plastic dress and it says, time to boil your hair. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know if that was a, a new wave punk thing where they did a certain thing with their hair. I don't know what that means. But this is, um, like, uh, it's, uh, is it on TV? Because I know they didn't mention MTV yet, or maybe they weren't. Well, oh, oh, MTV, M- MTV is not a thing. thing yet. You're not, right. Yeah, because I believe that's 81. Uh, MTV became a thing in 81 you're, or 82. You're correct. I believe it's 81. You're absolutely right. Oh. Um, because there are there TV, there are TV cameras there. So I don't know where exactly this is airing. She does mention that it's being aired on K-Rock. And a few other radio stations, and uh, and as we find out throughout the movie, there's a Chicago there, or no, I don't think it's Chicago. No, you're, no, you're right, it's Chicago. No, uh, Chicago. There's a Denver, uh, Aspen. In Aspen. I, why it's why it's Aspen, Aspen instead Cal- of Denver? I'm not sure. Aspen, Colorado, uh, New York, and at the very end, Hawaii. So there are a whole bunch of different for uh, each time zone. For each time zone, yes, exactly, and um, some, uh, yeah. And, uh, it, anyway, uh, simulcast. Yeah, there wouldn't be an MTV didn't oh, yeah. thing. Maybe it's an, uh, it's terrestrial radio, but there's enough of a local. They're probably yeah. putting the uh, actual filming stuff on, like, local L.A. Uh, channels uh, or something. Or, yeah, yeah, probably, or something so, like probably something like that. Something like that. Anyway. Yeah, old, old-timey media. Old-timey media. And uh, yeah, she has uh, she has people calling up. Uh, uh, she has like three or four people in a lineup, all picking up the phone. Oh yeah, it's the type of thing where you call in, vote for like your favorite song, and I guess they show it at the end or something. Even though it's all like live band stuff, so I I, I don't I didn't really know. Well, in between, probably a live band, they're doing other, st- or they're doing songs that have already been, you know, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or maybe just the uh, just snippets of the live band and the live stuff is just for the people there and then there's probably a rebroadcast. Who gives it? You know, this is in the detail. Of who yeah, gives we're a shit. we're we're getting we're getting to the nitty gritty of who gives a shit. I, I know, but uh, anyway, there is uh, it, he, they get a call. He, she gets a call. It's uh, she keeps on getting a hello, hi, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, and, and Blaze is the one that answers some of some of the calls. Um, yeah, they're taking calls for requests for best song, and this one dum dum calls in and votes for. I'd, yeah, I'd like to vote for. We don't need no education. Also known as Pink Floyd's "Another Brick in the Wall" yes, Part Two. That is, you yes, can't... that is not the name of the song. That is not the name. Of the, yeah, the, but, I want to vote uh, for Teenage Wasteland. Yeah. No. No, of course not. You can't. There's no song called that. No, of course not. But. That, that, but that's but that's just me being pedantic. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Don't don't call Shallow yourself shallow and pedantic. A, yes. Uh. When I think of the word pedantic, I think of a dinosaur. Uh. It's that's not, gigantic. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, that's pterodactyl is what I thought I was uh, thinking. No, but that's what, what I... you thought you were thinking. Well, what do you think you're thinking now? I, something else. Who cares? And she gets correctly blown off by Blaze. Still, in 1980, you should, if you're such a big Pink Floyd fan, you should know the fucking. Yeah, I guess if you're voting for it and it's your favorite song of the year. I don't. I don't know. Stupid. I don't know. Um, so she takes another call from a guy with a weird vibrating thing in his throat. Mmm, that's what that's what she said. All yeah. right, that's a terrible ba-dum, joke. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Uh, but uh, at all, I'm evil. Call me evil. Evil. I'm an evil guy. And, she, and she's just like, uh, okay, Mr. Evil, got to vote for top song. Like, she just rolls with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because she probably gets fucking freakazoids and shit like that. Uh, has hand every time there's a freaking radio party but this is this oh, is oh, different I'm, oh i'm sure this is uh mr this is mr evil also known as mr pissed off misogynist man. not not to be uh not to be confused with dr evil yeah who is a different bald guy that we all hate other than lex luthor and andrew tate you know all the bald men have issues my gosh Doctor. Okay. Wait, no, no. If you're a bald man, you look like a penis, and you talk about, and you talk about violence. That's what that's what you do. So anyway, Evil says no. Just a New Year's resolution. I'm going to commit murder at Ooh. midnight. I'm going to kill someone you know, someone close to you. So, so she hangs up, turns to the audience, and says, "Well, we're really off to an interesting start, aren't we? Crazy trips. Must be a full moon. It must be a full moon. I mean." I love how she doesn't give too much of it during this first interaction. She doesn't give it too much weight. No. It's like, and she blows it off as a prank call. Another thing in common with the other movie, another uh-huh. quote unquote prank call for the freaking, uh, freaking uh, women. My gosh. But, uh, yeah. He's, uh, and also how he talks on the phone. No, I'll, I'm sorry. That's how it is. I mean, no, you're, no, that's, uh, wrong. I don't have a request. It's just like, what yeah, the yeah, fuck? Yeah, he's pretty cash himself, yeah. <laughs> also, he has a, I think he has a wig on it, it, while he's in the phone booth talking, or he has some sort of weird disguise. He keeps on putting on different disguises throughout the entire movie until he's, yeah. until he's at the fucking... Oh, and Derek, he also, he's what, it's funny, he doesn't want to go downstairs and watch the show. He is watching TV. He's watching her show on TV. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, okay, it's like, I want to know what's going on, but I want to. I want to be I left wanna, alone. But I, I want to be in bed left alone. Okay, fair enough. So he hears this. So he, yeah, and. So this is, yeah, the phone calls are also being broadcast. Yeah. From inside the the auditorium. My gosh. But, uh... So, yeah, she intros Rock Band Shadow doing the movie theme with, yeah, like I said, the very obvious lip syncing. Yeah. And, uh, when does he... Is it in the first talk that he's going to kill a a naughty girl on on the stroke of the night of everything, or is that a second That must be the second call, because this is all that happens in the first call. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, uh, the movie is, uh, the song is banging. I love this song. It is, is, uh, a sweet horror, uh, and there's been some covers of this song by other, uh, post-punk guys. uh, Post-punk, uh, post-punk guys. Well, post-punk guys, you know, the, you know, is, is, uh, let me see here. There's, oh, God. Sister Midnight, uh, project by Stephen Darrow. 
uh, of covers featuring different vocalists from all genres of rock from around the world released a cover version of this song uh, on in 2017. Uh, Derek Dirty D. Christensen is the vocalist for the cover version that came out in 2017. There's also a instrumental version uh, that came out in 1989 uh, uh, done by uh, the Angelas, an American alternative rock band from Nebraska formed by Alice Vital and Natalie Rigoli. There's, uh, yeah, and so there's other versions of Alrighty. Um, this. But yeah, I just, all right, just want to let you know that it's a pretty popular song for a horror movie that came out in 1980 from a, from uh, something like that. Anyway, but yeah. So she goes, Blaze goes to her manager and she asks for police protection because that guy was not a usual freak. <laughs> this is a phone freak. So um, the entire crowd in this little, ho- little, I guess, hotel, what sort of room is this? Conference room or something? Yeah, some sort of, yeah. So yeah, there's some do- doing some uh, new wave moshing to a song that is not for moshing. No, none of these songs are for mo- I mean, it, and the Shadow is actually does more heavy metal stuff as a band in, in oh. their regular stuff. So they did like 70s heavy metal stuff like ripping off Black Sabbath. So even this song of New Year's Evil isn't uh, isn't what their usual sound. Oh, okay. Sound, uh, it sounds similar enough, but they're, they've done more harder stuff as far as late 70s hard rock goes. But yeah. Okay, so the phone freak shows up to Crawford Sanitarium and he sneaks in the back door with the radio. Like, isn't like a guy taking out the trash or something and he just like gets in yeah and uh that uh, that's one hell of, that's one hell of a way to get to it and then he starts talking to a uh a nur- uh, chatting up a nurse well before we before we see that um we see that they are playing blaze's show for the patients at crawford sanitarium and they're also dancing yeah, the they, same way yeah, yeah they're dancing <laughs> well they're dancing a little bit better i think and they're totally digging everything so like that's nice for them yeah, I, I like uh, dancing in their hospital gowns. Bless their hearts. Yeah, again, again, another connection, another sanitar uh, school for uh, you know people with mental issues. It's not to, a school, babe. No, it's not. It's a. I mean, some of them are learning about uh, communication. I mean, because they're crazy or not crazy, they're uh, in a sanitarium. Just stop talking. Okay, so this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did what you told me to. I do. know you're a good boy. That's not something I want to hear. All right. So this uh, kind of hot nurse, she goes out for she goes um in the hallway for her break to smoke a Virginia Slim mm-hmm. in a hospital. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what you do. It's in a sanitarium. It's not. It's not a hospital. Hospital. It's a. It's. It's not where they they do cancer stuff or surgery. They're another different type of hospital let's move on sorry go ahead so then our guy who who snuck in um he says he's like hi i'm here to be you know he extra help for the holidays he's like he's dressed in scrubs and she's like oh well we sure could use it let me show you around and he's like well is there anywhere we can go and drink this he brought a bottle of champagne yeah, to celebrate because it is New Year's Eve yes. and all sorts of togetherness. I want to 
kiss your face. So they go into another room. They drink it from some uh, Dixie cups and uh, do a little dancing. And they are horny. Yes, she is ready to rock and roll and fuck, apparently. Yeah. Uh, We were back to uh, Blaze's show, and uh, the band is now playing a slow jam for some slow moshing. Oh, yes. That's how you do moshing. You do it slow. That's how you know the heavy metal metal girl wants to make love to you if you can slow mosh really well. So the cops do show up to the show, and they're kind of giving giving Blaze some grief. They're like, hey, you gotta expect that from the people that you appeal to. You people create a problem and then complain about it. What type of pro? I mean, what type of problem are they creating? Uh, having moshing weirdos. So yeah, a moshing weirdo who's gonna mosh Equal- very slowly is gonna fucking murder. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. Exactly. And again, tells her that if he calls again, keep him on the line so we can trace it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. So Blaze calls Derek, who's in her room. He's reluctant to answer. Um, she asks if he's seen Yvonne. And he says, no, but I've been trying to call Dad. I can't get a hold of him either. And she asks him, you know, to come up for the show. And he's like, no, but I gotta tell you something later. Bye. Hangs up. <laughs> yeah, don't... Also, don't do that in your relationship. He's like, just tell him the per... Just tell him the thing. I gotta tell you something later. I'm not gonna give you a I know you a that's, hint. that's the worst. Um, I I gotta talk to you. I gotta tell you about something. Well, Call it. me. I gotta tell. It's like no. Tell me the thing. Text me the thing. Or shut the hell up until I speak to you next. I don't. I don't need that kind of pressure. Okay, I tell you something. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Uh, and when did yeah he when he uh the 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 next time that he calls he's gonna talk about killing a naughty girl. Well, let's get hour. to that when we get to it, babe. Yes, I, we will. Of course, Miranda. Well, what, what, well, what is the naughty girl's uh, scenario, Pumpkin? Well, she, he was going to kill one naughty girl uh, at every stroke of midnight. That, uh, that's been a naughty girl. Does, does he girl. tell Blaze that before or after he kills the nurse? I think uh, I think after he kills the nurse. Yeah, because I think so he already too. Because he already kills the nurse, which is already kind of revealing that exactly. I killed somebody. Yeah, anyway. So we see Derek, he looks, he seems kind of, you know, his mom just <laughs> said, oh, you got to tell me something? All right, bye. And she hangs up. So he's kind of freaking out a little bit. He's, he's not happy. So the nurse and the guy are in the room. They're totally making out. She says, I've only known you for 10 minutes. He says, does it matter? And she says, tonight? No. no. Ooh. This, this chick is thirsty. Yes. Very uh, water. So it's, um, oh, and he's playing his little radio while they're making out. It is now midnight in Manhattan. And, you know, the guy at Times Square is saying, they, oh, it's Bedlam in Times Square. And they're doing the countdown yeah. to midnight. And um, so Nurse and the rando guy are about to bang. But then the guy pulls a switchblade and stabs the nurse as the patient. And then we cut to the patient's you know, blowing blowers and celebrating New Year's. Yay! Woo! Yes. Very happy another year. So now we go back to Blaze's show. So it's an up. Now it's uh, the band is playing an upbeat song for some upbeat moshing. Yeah, which is understandable. That's nice. and I and I'm just wondering. I'm like, are these are these real extras or are they just some Hollywood randos they just found? Yeah, it, it feels well the. The budget was five hundred thousand dollars wow. in nineteen eighty, and they shot it in October, and it was released in December. I think they picked up the fucking people. Yeah, 
<laughs> it's uh they they didn't have a lot i'm sure my gosh anyway. so blaze is um at the show taking calls again um and evil calls again she says hiya he says remember me yeah and she, yeah and she's like are you just jiving me and he's like no way i did my first kill on schedule eastern standard time listen to the replay so he was using the radio i guess to record it even though they were listening to the countdown was it a separate radio no it was the same it, he just was using he was the same radio boombox thing he had uh, had with him and i guess he just recorded it somehow that that's another thing you just have yeah to technical error for. that's a hole yeah so he he plays the kill for her, cause, but because oh, you can hear the countdown as he's stabbing her. Yeah, there has to be like a separate recording device. Yeah, who cares? But, yeah. yeah, who cares? <laughs> this is a shitty fun movie. I don't care. It's very great. And then he tells her to they can find the body at the Crawford Sanitarium, and he hangs up on her. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. My gosh, you're giving away <laughs> everything. It's like he wants to be caught. So yeah, is this where he says the naughty girl bit where he's going to kill kill someone every 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 uh at every time zone and that uh Yeah, when is that? What does he say, sweetie? That yeah. at the stroke of midnight at every US time zone and that uh, and that the Pacific uh, time zone will be the last victim. I thought that's when he uh, brought that up. But that's not even true either, since he also kills someone at the very end around Hawaii time. So it won't even be his last. But that's not him, though. Uh, The son also behaves erratically throughout the rest, uh, throughout the whole movie, giving you a possibility that uh, that he is that there's something wrong with genetically uh, with with him connected to his father god damn it what am i doing wrong i don't know who gives a shit he's wait okay so he's giving us um how does that happen sweetie i don't i don't there is something genetically there's something genetically he's a he's a very sad frustrated boy who needs guidance and say, and i really felt for him so when he turns into whatever he whatever he turns into at the very end i'm i'm severely fucking disappointed and we should have seen this coming so i was very angry at blaze for not paying attention to her child who is very much in stress and just wants some actual you know uh, her actual his actual fucking mother to say hey good job you got an acting job way to go so he won't feel shitty for fucking new year's they uh they're gonna uh, they're gonna heighten security for the uh for for the people to come in anyway. oh okay so i think i see where you're getting at so okay this other nurse looks for Janie, the dead nurse yeah um she is wearing way too much blush she finds one bloody white pump and then she finds Janie's corpse in the room where she was stabbed so yeah so derek's back in the hotel room he's being weird he's cutting up a red stocking with a knife he's wearing a bad blonde wig yes blonde wig Yes, and he's well. I mean, that's not part of his character. He's just wearing, he's just wearing a bad blonde wig. They just yeah, didn't have uh, a good wig budget. Yeah. Um, and he says, "Uh, you think something in my past affected me? You think I have a mental disorder?" And he puts this red stocking that is full of runs over his head and a barbell in his ear. Yeah, don't do that, guys. 
It's not going to attract anybody, except other people who put barbells in their. Well, it's a type of it's a type of earring. Yeah. Um. So now Blaze is dancing with the band on stage. Derek is watching it on TV with the stocking still on his head, and he's ripping up the roses that he bought for his mom. Yeah. Well, he's pissed off. He's yeah. pissed off. His mom didn't say, "Hey, good job," or "That's interesting." Or yeah, she's just doing her own thing. Yeah. Yeah, and. You know, but you should have an intuitive sense when your son is not feeling well or whatever. And it anyway, just I shouldn't be this mad at Blaze as a person. I know she's a DJ and she's got a she's got a whole bunch of fucking responsibilities. But your son is this fucked up and putting shit all over his face and doing things to gosh darn flowers. You should you know check in on him. So Blaze takes a break from the show, and then we cut back to the killer, who is putting on a fake mustache. <laughs> yes. And not a very good one. Yeah, to make himself look even more like a fucking serial killer. Yeah. Way to go, Jackass. So um, the main cop gets a call and tells Blaze about the dead nurse in the sanitarium, so this dude is for real. Yeah. Blaze he says he's got a Vaughn, hasn't he? Uh... And I'm, bi- I'm like, bitch, she is long dead. But the cops haven't found her, and he tells her that. Yeah. So now the uh, mustachioed killer shows up to kind of an older person disco party at this really lame bar yeah. in a leisure suit. Ugh. God damn it. And this is so sad. You just, he, he finds his he finds his prey fairly easy. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, just you know, zeroes in on this... Uh, stereotypical just happy slight i wouldn't say i'm a slightly ditzy blonde or dumb blonde yeah it's just wearing work. way too much blue eyeshadow and it's like happy to be alive happy to be out partying it's just want to talk to people and have a good time and yippity yippity yeah they have a chit chat about watches <laughs> this is fine so fucking cool she seems very hip to talk to not a loser oh this is where the cop tells blaze that murder at midnight means all time zones so she has to do her show normally and humor the killer if he calls again so that they so that he won't know that the cops are on to him of course that makes the most sense yeah and yeah and the killer tells the blonde that he's on his way to a party at eric estrada's house i don't think so i don't think so as he is one of his clients uh, he invites... What a weird lie to say. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> She's like, oh, are you an agent? And he's like, no, I do business stuff. I'm a manager. I'm a business manager for Erica Strott. Yeah, yeah, I... yeah what, what the fuck? What type of wonderful L.A. bullshit maybe, lie maybe you could tell was... to somebody? Maybe he was just so super famous at, at that year that it seemed impressive. Well, yeah, I mean, and... Uh, With oh, chips and all. Yeah, and also, if you're going to kill her, make sure it's a lie she can't fucking check. Now, uh, so much shit is uh, different when it comes to your phone. It's like, ooh, then you would have to pick a, uh, like, business... Ma- you would have to put together a fucking fake website to make sure that you're the business manager of Eric Estrada. I'm, sure I'm sure you could probably get it be Eric Estrada's business manager now but it's uh I don't know if he's dead yet but so yeah he invites the blonde along to the party but she says she has to go to the little girl's room first okay one of those 
and her friend seems more pissed off about everything. Yeah, she's annoyed at this at this at this whole scenario. Oh, then we we cut. I think this is where we cut to Made in Japan doing Dumb Blondes, which is also a banger. Yeah, it's a great great song. That was another one that I was trying hard to yeah. find, but I couldn't find anywhere. Not even on fucking YouTube. Oh, wow, that's really not even on YouTube? Uh, that's a real shame. Yeah, it is. Anyway, when they're in the car together, the the, ki- uh, the killer and the blonde... Well, the, the... the blonde says, oh, if I'm, I'll go with you, but I have to bring my roommate along. Yeah, and again, the roommate is not happy. Lisa, to... yeah, she's annoyed at this entire situation. And uh, I don't blame her, just some rando that he needs to go to to an unscheduled party. And also, you don't trust this dude. The you 70s shouldn't be in this and 80s, fucking... dude, because they're walking to the car and he's like, oh, it's the Mercedes. So they're all impressed. Ooh, a Mercedes. You have enough it's money like to steal a car. It could be a rental. Car. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So then we cut back to Blaze, who is re-listening to her last call on a reel-to-reel. And she's like, oh, he must be using a voice changer of some kind. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no one talks like that regular. I mean, there's no, unless you're. But it's interesting because smoker. unlike something like like scream there was no electronic means of doing so so it's like this weird metal tuning fork that he's like sticking in his throat i don't know what it is or how it's supposed some to sort work. of weird synthesizer thing or that makes us synthesize strange voice of some sort but yeah i was also wondering why why she was wearing so much like regal looking costume jewelry if this is supposed to be like a punkish new wave-ish show why are you wearing so many fake diamonds and rhinestones like you had the earrings and the big necklace and it's just like i don't know if that really goes with the rest of your outfit but that's just a weird thing i was thinking in that particular Uh, scene that's fine it's uh and it's uh again the cops look like uh this looks like an they look like actual la cops and they're competent unlike the other cops yeah the other cop that we we met earlier on in the previous movie, but yeah. So the first blonde, um, do we we know Lisa's name? Do we know the the other girl's name? If I'm, let me see here. Uh, Sally, or could I be wrong about? Oh, that? I think you're right. Yeah, it I think you're right. Sally. That's right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, she looks like a Sally. That makes sense. So she is in the car with with the murderer and her roommate, just blathering. You can tell he fucking hates this, and he's getting off schedule because it's getting kind of late. Uh, she tells him about the virtues of transcendental meditation. That she, st- I stopped biting my nails, and Lisa got rid of her nervous diarrhea. And Lisa, Lisa has like, a, are you fucking serious? Look on her face, which is like, yeah, you don't. That's not something you tell about someone. No. Yeah, it's either. Uh, yeah, the uh, the blonde is either. Yes. I think you're, Sally or Jane. I could. I could think be- Jane was the nurse. G- Oh. So, so I think you're right. This is Sally. Um, oh, so, I thought there and there's also a nurse Robbie, but I could be wrong. Was that the nurse that found the dead nurse? Oh, that's probably yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, so Sally is into all the new age woo woo stuff. You know, EST. Yeah. Yeah. T A. She's like yeah. T M T A Zen E S T haikus, which aren't woo woo, but still. I mean, they can get you in a in a very you know spiritual mood if you do them if you do them well how familiar are you with est babe uh, only i'm only semi uh, only a little bit i'm not uh i'm not delved into it i thought it was an offshoot of scientology i could have been wrong there that's but it's probably some weird shit like that yeah it uh there was a whole bunch that were trying to compete with yeah. tm and zen and 
and Scientology. Yeah, at that time, that kind of stuff was huge, especially in the L.A. area. This was this was the late seventies, early eighties. So there there is a whole bunch of spiritual bullshit that yeah. people, that it has become slightly mainstream in big cities during this time. Oh yeah, especially after you know uh, trying to relax and not freak out about all of the horrors of the nineteen seventies oh, and not yeah. and and. Because of like that, this happened a lot during the seventies. Because groups of people were trying to find meaning where there was so much murder and chaos throughout the late sixties into the early seventies that it just it, and it it became a morose, a morose sadness and frustration. So people were reaching out to different uh, spiritual stuff throughout the night. Anyway, yeah, yeah, totally. But then, but then she says at the end, it doesn't mean doodly d squat if a girl doesn't have a date for New Year's Eve. Then she's in shit city. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but okay. I, I don't think so either. So he puts on the radio in the car, and they're already doing Old Lang Syne. In so this must be Chicago. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, they're already. Yeah, this Chicago. Is, uh, Central time zone. Central, so it's Chicago. Yes. Um, the roommate has to pee. So, they stop at a liquor store so she can use the restroom. Um, he gives her money for a bottle of vodka and um, then offers uh, Sally, you know, the, the roommate's gone doing her thing. He offers Sally a joint, but then he suffocates her with a plastic weed bag, just like the last movie. Yeah. Suffocating, suffocation with a plastic bag, because he has to make his killing schedule. Yeah, and if you don't do it, then you're just a failure. So, yeah. Yes. So Lisa buys the vodka. She gets change because he gave her like a hundred, like a, a large bill. Um, she finds the Mercedes gone, but she does find um, Sally's high heel. And then she finds the other shoe. And then she sees the dress kind of hanging out of the dumpster. So she goes and foolishly opens the dumpster. And he it... jumps in and gets her. This yes. This is fucking disturbing. It's just like, ah, okay. Well, yeah, exactly. And then yeah. you're dead. Yeah, it's the killer who pulls her into the, the dumpster. And then he plays this next kill over the phone for Blaze as well. Again, yeah. It's just, hear, hear all the women screaming. This is not cool. Don't do this, guys. Well, I mean, just like in the... um. In the last movie, and obscene phone calls in general, it's a, it's an, some guys just like to do this. It makes them feel powerful if they can scare women. Yeah. It's like, haha, I bet they're freaked out. Like, this is why some guys do, like, dick pics and stuff. Because, yeah, newsflash, we're not going to see your dick and get all turned on, most likely. Yeah, we're going to get scared. Most, most dicks are scary, and, and as, as they should be, they look weird. They do look weird. Yeah, and, you know, I, I only make sure... Yeah, I, I don't even like looking at mine. Let's move on. Who cares? I don't even like thinking about it. Or but, it but, yeah, it's a it's just kind of a weird power trip thing. Yeah. It's and like, ha-ha, I bet she's o at, over there freaking out. Ha-ha, here's my penis. Ha-ha, here is uh, the uh, uh, the screams of, of a lady. I'm going to put it on the radio. Ha-ha, I'm now scaring you. Ha-ha, you fucking freak. Uh, it's not. That's not a way to get uh, pussy, dudes. Don't do that. Yeah, don't. Um, so, yeah, he's listening to, like, the, the news, because his, uh, his, his murder spree has hit the news, and they're saying how, you know, oh, he was last seen on the corner of Ventura Boulevard and Laurel Canyon, and, which is super close to us, so I just get a kick out of that shit. It was like, oh, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. I would, uh, I, I, I'd be curious to see what is still standing from, like, 1980 from Laurel Canyon and Ventura Boulevard. Well, let's, let's take a look and see what's there. Yeah. 
I'm sure this will be very fascinating for a... I, I'm sure it won't, but that's okay. Right we here. can always cut this part out. That's what editing is all about. Uh, but so let's go to the street view and see what's there. Uh, there's oh, a FedEx. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I've, I've driven by here many, many a time. So there's a, a FedEx, a Chase Bank. Uh, what is this right here? First Republic Bank. Oh, there's a CVS. So it's just a regular old. Yeah, just like anything else. Yeah, just yeah. like everywhere else. Oh, it used to have. Uh, yeah, we. I think we saw this. It's a thrifty at uh, at the corner of oh, that Canyon. And... Oh, that probably turned into the CVS. Yeah. Exactly. That or, makes sense. Or the, um, not necessarily. Because, well, because thrifties aren't around anymore. Or, the, uh, not, no, it's the other, it's, it's on the other side. It's oh, the, really? Or, it's, I think you, no, it, it's, no, that's, that's correct. Anyway, anyway, but, um. I'm sure this is very fascinating. No. So the killer, he takes off his suit and he puts it in the car trunk. Um, the cops are at the dumpster where the blonde's bodies are. Lisa was also blonde. But then a cat jumps out, but then there's blood, and they go, and they go for backup because they're punks. That's what I wrote. It's like, ah, there's blood. We better get some help. Way to go. Yeah. Thank you. That's uh, on being good punks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> on having a moral stand while still, you know, dressing like a Satanist, you could be a good punk. No, it's the it. cops. Oh, it's the cops. Well, also... Cops can be punks because they shoot people and get away with it. But, uh, yeah, that's... So yeah. the cop tracks the blood to someone's backyard. They find the first blonde with the bag on her head on a swing. So, yeah. Um, um, then they find a bloody purse. And then the second blonde comes down the slide just as the cop happens to get there. Great timing. Really good. Just right. And uh, the body went down the, the slide very well. Indeed. All right. Um, so the main cop, what, what's that dude's name? The one who's hanging out with Blaze? Like, uh, Chris, uh, uh Lieutenant uh, Ed Clayton or, uh. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Sar think... There's Sergeant Green and L Lieutenant Ed Clayton. I, I think it's Lieutenant Clayton. Yeah. So also he... known as Chris Wallace, not the one that's on TV. Mm. That would be weird. Different. So he gets word of this and they know that he's going to kill someone else. Yeah, Fairly he's not quickly. he's not trying to get away with it. It's like this guy wants to get really he actually does want to get caught. Yep. So he's on his way to get his next victim and he's, you know, just in his car driving. He's now dressed like a priest and being harassed by bikers. <laughs> and I, I thought uh, if there's one group of people that could have killed could have gotten this guy. It's the fucking bikers. Yeah, so, these these are like old school Malibu bikers. These yeah, are, 19, late nineteen sixties or they were they probably know some Hell's Angels. Probably, whether or not yeah, they're, and if they aren't themselves, yes. Yeah, and uh, they're and I was hoping that I mean this would be the way to stop the killer to have just the bikers run over him, but it's the exact opposite. The fucking killer just runs over them, which I, is hilarious. I know, right? So yeah, he's um he's hearing about his doings on the radio. Yeah. Oh, I may have mistook that last time, but it happens here. And they say that he is in the North Hollywood area. So it's like, yay, that's that's where we 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 reside. Yeah. Um, so he, in his car, he crashes into one of the bikers, and then they all get pissed. So it's like a Pee Wee Herman scenario. Yeah. But it doesn't end up like a Pee Wee Herman scenario. Yeah, no one's jerking off. But, okay, <laughs> that's not the part I was talking about. 
You didn't do that in the TV show. So then he go. Oh, he goes to the Van Nuys Drive-In, which um, unfortunately is no more. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it was recreated as well as lots of Los Angeles other highlights and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, I don't know if it was recreated. But... I mean, it might have been open in 1979. It was probably open when they were shooting. Oh, yeah, this, when they just, were shooting it. I'm just saying, yeah. It's just not there anymore. Definitely not there anymore. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he founds... This is a hell of a way to get... Uh, so he gets out of there, tries to hide from the bikers who are uh, who are coming after him because he ran into so many of their fucking bikes and he he hides from them in a brilliant way and doesn't get them I mean, and then he starts looking for other people making out or yeah or the couple making out in their car right or yeah <laughs> but right oh yeah. lord um oh yeah okay so he go yeah he goes into the drive-in and this was a, kind of interesting um the drive-in theater seems to show a trailer for Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast, which was made in 1963, but that's not what they're showing. No, it's The movie not. they're showing is actually The Red Queen Kills Seven Times, which is an Italian movie from 1972, but that it was also distributed under the name Blood Feast. Yeah, as a as a yes. uh, American, and we know all about that, having done Giallo, uh, Gialli or Giallo's things, uh, uh, having doing Jelly Killer movies. Uh, yeah, we know all about um, that. So yeah, the bikers follow him into the drive-in. Um, we cut to a, a. I wrote a couple in a can. A couple in a car. A couple in a can. <laughs> you're you're the one who's supposed to have really great notes, not me. You know, I'm, I, I'm I, supposed to have the bad ones. You're supposed to have the good um, ones. So the chick is um, she's smoking a joint, and the guy is feeling her up. So they're and she's having too good a time to want to bang. She, she's wa- she's watching the blood feast and getting high. She's having a good old time. And uh, and but she's at least open to the idea. She's not saying stop. And it feels like no, she no her no she's fine with it. She's just she's just chilling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's dressed as a priest. Um, the biker that I guess he hit confronts him, but then he just fucks the biker up. Oh, this this is great. I, I'm a man of no. I don't have any. I'm a man of God. I'm against violence, and then he kills oh, the yeah, biker. Oh yeah, and then he fucking punches him. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way. Yeah, that's a great misdirect. I'm a man of God. I don't believe in violence. Kabawi. Yeah. So the couple is still canoodling. The um. The killer um, opens the door, he kicks the guy out of his own car, and um, he takes the car with the girl still inside. Which is amazing. This is fucking amazing. That's fucking bold to do that shit. Oh, I know. My God, I don't think... And then he runs over another motorcycle. (laughs) This is a fucking wild man. He don't give a shit about bikers. So, yeah, so Blaze's show is now showing, um, you know, the New Year's Eve celebration in Aspen. Oh yeah. So we know that it is that midnight is approaching there. Yes. This uh, this poor this poor girl. Um, I don't think she, I don't even think she's given a name. Yeah, she's just uh, she, she's just stuck in the back of the car. She, then Terry when Copley go- pa- playing yeah just teenage girl. Um, she she offers her um him money and a ring not to kill her and says she'll do anything he wants and won't make any fuss. I don't like those connotations. No, but it, you know, it's not a good. It is one way to try and get out of the uh, situation, yeah, I know. but it's, it's not just, a it's, healthy way. Yeah, no. it's, it's just a desperate thing. Ugh. So there's drunk partiers in the street. There's just these three dudes that are fucking trashed, um, and the, the priest 
The priest slash killer threatens him with a knife. Luckily, the girl gets out of the car and she gets away. Yeah. He chases her to a park. Um, he's tapping the knife on the bleachers that she's under. Um, but a cop sees him and says, hey, what are you? <laughs> what are you? <ya? laughs> Which is like, what the fuck? Well, that, I mean, what else are they going to, what are you? Are you a human? Are you a killer? Get over here. What are you? Uh, yeah. Um, so he, he runs away, you know, since there's cops now. They find the girl. She is saved. And he totally fucked up his schedule because it's past midnight. Oh, darn it. Brr, in that the mountain time sucks. Zone. Yeah, they're doing old lang in Aspen. Um... The lieutenant, he makes an announcement that if anyone... Oh, they're sealing the room. If anyone leaves that particular room, they can't come back in. You suck. I hate you. We don't want to hear any shit from a pig. You're a pig. Boo. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they don't like it. They, they were like, I don't, we don't care. We mean we can't leave? You know, that means if we leave, you have to leave completely. But, yeah, just yeah. fucking awful. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to hear this in a New Year's Eve party. Yeah, that would be, that, I mean, that would be a pain in the ass, but, like, it is what it is. Because the, um, the audience doesn't know anything about this, um, because they didn't want to cause a panic. Yes, exactly. So there is also, not only is there a lieutenant there, there is a consulting psychologist. Yes. It's like, the killer is mutilating the breasts of the victims. Yeah. He's not. It's not, I mean, they're not. I mean, seeing... have we have we seen that? No. I, it, it, when we see any of the bodies, there's no, it's not like heavy to the, uh, no yeah. tit damage. Oh, huh. Which is very strange to. But, but he also says that the killer may try and be at that specific party at midnight for the grand climax by killing Blaze. Yeah, and oh, really? Thank you for encouraging words and have me not even more fucking freaked out by all this fucking bullshit. Yeah, so the psychologist says, yeah, oh, he's mutilated the breasts, a common uh, trait of psychopaths with a mother fixation. I don't know if that's correct. All right. That doesn't seem. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess of the mothering of suckling on breasts and stuff like that he's like oh uh, i was not mothered correctly so i'm going to murder the thing that gives used to give me boobies. milk when i was two or some yeah. bullshit oh two's kind of late oh yeah okay six months but whatever <laughs> i okay. don't know i i forgot and derek is creeping around yeah Derek again more more fucking evidence that his father or that this kid was not parented correctly God so, um, Killer, as a priest, hitchhiked to the show. Uh, he sees a latecomer being accosted by security since the room is sealed. Nobody can go in. Yeah. So he, kno so he knows the deal. He knows they're not letting anybody in. Um, he is now in a parking structure. The killer dupes a cop. This is so easy He's like, to ah, do this. I, yeah, I think I see a, there's a drunk guy over there. And he beans him and steals his uniform. <laughs> that just happens to fit him perfectly. Yeah, again, it's not, the fucking, fucking niceness. I'm like, wow, that fits perfectly in my, in my you know. Yeah. So we see that there are even some registered guests who have a room in the hotel that are not allowed back in the hotel due to the ceiling. But the killer gets in just fine in the cop uniform. Yeah. Great. Uh, the lieutenant tells Blaze that they found out a passed out naked cop um, 
in the parking structure so that he's like, so the killer could be in the building in a cop uniform. And it's like, yeah, you people should be more on top of your own shit. Yeah. And also you should be checking the, every cop that, that is coming into the building and see if it's an actual cop or if it's just a bullshit, the, the killer. Or anything like yeah. That. She seems kind of unfazed by this and says she's going to go change because her dress is somehow wringing wet, even though it is clearly plastic. I don't. It is some kind of material. It is some kind of like latexy material. I well, don't not know. not latexy, but it's not something latex porous. adjacent. No, not even that. Okay, I was just wrong. All right, you're wrong. So the yeah, so the a cop goes with her and almost shoots Derek because he's in her room. Yeah. And, and she's like, "Oh, Derek, I forgot you were there." And he's like, "Yeah, you always forget I'm here." And it's like, "Oh, yes, mommy issues, indeed." Yeah, exactly. So you're correct. So the killer is also in Blaze's room in this freaky ass um Stan Laurel mask. Yeah, this is one of the scariest fucking uh, this is the thing that scared me in this particular movie. Yes. And kind of and freak yeah, freaked me out when we first watched it a year ago. It is that is I I, I didn't even re- I didn't realize it was a Stan Laurel mask, but yeah, once you say it, I it also reminded me a little bit of a fucked up. Uh, I don't you know, know how I figured that out either. Yeah, it also I also thought it was just like a like a fucked up president's mask. Like I personally thought it could have been like a fucked up Nixon mask or something. Yeah, I could or see. A, I could see that. Or a president adjacent or like you know whatever. But I'm fairly sure. It's Stan Laurel. I'm fairly yeah. sure it is. Yeah, it's a Laurel mask. But yeah, it, it is really it is really scary. It's because it's been yeah, a long time since fucking, I've watched a Laurel movie. Oh I yeah, didn't really get Laurel it. and Hardy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if anyone like, we're very much dating ourselves because that shit's from like the 30s and 40s. And we still, yeah, exactly. But it, it it and a lot of people who are probably watching that didn't know it's, it just looks like a fucking creepy. Yeah, it's creepy as shit. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know if there's any relevance to it being that, or being just it being a five hundred thousand dollar budget and just needing to get whatever fucking creepy. Yeah, fucking probably shitty mask. But it works. It's creepy as shit. Yeah. Um. But he. Oh. And she and she kind of she kind of freaks out, but then he takes it off, and it's Richard, her husband. Hey, surprise, honey! I I'm here. Don't worry about a thing. I gotta kiss you. Everything's all right. I came from Palm Springs. Woo. Yeah, but he's still the killer, and he lets you know, the cop know. You know, he's like, "No, it's okay. I'm her husband." And he's like, "Yeah, but how'd you get in?" Like that's a guy got me in. And he's like, "Well, I was in the john." I was and in it's the like, bathroom okay, that's and I was not, let that's, in. It's like all fucking night since before they sealed it. It's like that's not really answering. The, the manager question, left me. Let me in. The manager knows me. It's not a big problem. You know the manager, and he says, "Yeah," the, and he says. I drove up when I heard that crazy guy on your show. She tells him Avon is missing and the loony already killed three people and the cops think he's after me. You know, find Derek. He's very upset, but I'm going to finish my show. Yeah. Well, that's nice. It's going to finish the show. Yeah. So that cop is still pretty sus. Um, and Richard says that he uh, okayed the entry with her agent, but the cop checks up on that. Yeah. Oh, uh, his businessman. Yeah, his businessman. The, bu- the business his manager? manager? Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, so Richard gets some kind of electro shit from this pre-planted trunk to fuck with the elevator and camera system. Yeah. Which is... T- oh, hey, babe. Gosh um, darn it. This is, this is fairly elaborate to, ki- yes. to, to kill people. This yeah, is this is super re- elaborate. It feels like you've been planning this for a while, but also like you're doing the spur of the moment, so it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense but yeah 
So yeah, then one of the cops says that they found a car registered to Richard at the drive-in and the person that was originally in it was seen driving away in a stolen car with a girl inside. You're going to get caught, dude. It's not like... Jesus. I, yeah, I know. He's not covering his tracks very well. And apparently, he was also a patient at Crawford Sanitarium. Oh, holy shit. No shit the fucking uh, younger son is all fucked up. Yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah, totally. So Blaze and the cop are in the elevator, which is now being controlled by Richard somehow. Oh, yeah. The, like, there's a, a fuse box looking thing, and he's, uh, have it, have it, you know, he has, uh, like, a little... Yeah, yeah, he's like doing this kind of thing. He has kind of a one of those uh, screwdrivers from Doctor Who. Yeah, and it just kind of does whatever he wants it to do. And that and that's nice to have a screwdriver from Doctor Who, and it does whatever you want it to do. Um, yeah. So the elevator is dropping with them inside it. Then they stop, and it um, and the door is open. He kicks uh, the cop out of the elevator. And, set, and tells Blaze, you know, tonight the show's going to go on without you. I've got a surprise. And he plays her the tape of the first kill while they're in the elevator. She puts it together and he says, yeah, I'm evil. I'm fed up. You're just like every other lady in my life. Derek told me about how you act around other men and you try and turn on your own son. We have not seen any evidence no, of this. No, she, uh, she's been at the worst slightly neglectful towards her son but not negligent yeah not negligent in the way that uh, nothing that we have seen directly whether or not she's been negligent in scenes that have not been filmed or a backstory of just her not doing that anyway so he continues saying you know women are immoral and very selfish that's why yvonne was first because i had to beg her or beg you through her for every cent I got, and it castrated me. <laughs> and the fuck down, now dude. you're doing the same thing with our son. He auditioned for a lead in a series without using his last name, got the role, and even though he, uh, they didn't know that he was Blaze's son, uh, and he's like, this is the first day of my new life. I'm going to go to the a Rose Bowl game with my boy and let you sleep in. See, uh, he didn't even get from being a Nepo baby, and I'm proud of him and pissed off at you, so you're gonna die. That's basically his, I'm bitter and frustrated that you don't treat me better as a person or as a man. It's just some weird Which dumb bullshit. Which, it would appear like he's, he's, I had to beg your assistant for money. You could get a job, you don't have to be a kept man, sir. I know, I know you're coming out of a sanitarium and all that, or whatever, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, get a that, fucking actually, job, dude. Actually, yeah, that, that might hurt his job prospects. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, what else is, I mean, so, so he was out in, in Palm Springs just getting fucking hammered probably after leaving the sanitarium. And he never went to Palm Springs. That was a lie, pumpkin. Oh he my God, he's lying. Oh, he's lying oh, as well. Ah, oh, fuck. What a dickhead. So then he tells Blaze, I can hear your heart beating. Ugh. I don't like that. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking loser. Yeah. God so damn it. So the cops search the hotel kitchen. Then now Richard is making the elevator move again. And he chains Blaze's hands over her head with, with some kind of chain from the elevator. It's connected to the... To the elevator car? It's not super clear about how... I don't really know how elevators work. No, it goes up and down. Yeah. Yeah, you press a button and it goes up and down. Oh, I'm not... I don't know much of the mechanics of them. Yeah, mechan uh, people who've worked on elevators, please uh, email us at topnotchnonsensepod at Well, I know that, like, some of them are vacuum and some of them are... 
electrical and, and it's some a, of them are a, shitty like the one that we have yes, in our <laughs> and it's a pulley uh situation um yeah so then she is connected to the elevator elevator car are they still car- called cars um she's chained to it and he shoots her up the elevator shaft um and that's when Blaze sees Yvonne's head, which is somewhere in the elevator shaft. Yeah, it, it comes out of the elevator. Yeah, yeah it, we don't really know exactly where her head is, but she sees it and it freaks her out. Ah, I'm freaked out by elevator head. <laughs> the elevator. So then there's a drunk couple in the elevator, but the elevator is going way too fast. And the dude, sa- the dude says, there's some funky shit going on here. <laughs> he is correct. Yeah, he is correct. So, you know, Richard has a gun. He's shooting at the cops. The couple tries to stop the elevator, but the button isn't working because Richard's controlling it. Um, the cops chase Richard up oh, the here stairs. We go. Yeah, it's the best. And he kind of, you know, it, and it, it's kind of an, a, a really long chase scene. They That's keep going just... up. They keep going up the stairs. And then he turns around and he shoots one cop. And the cop goes, ow, and falls. Ow! Ugh, ow! 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 It just. It's this really weird, unnecessary ADR, and I don't understand it. It, it works for the movie. It probably this and the songs kind of make this make yeah. the movie for me. It's and, it's hilarious. Watch it's it. really fucking funny. It's really a good. Again, this movie would be great to do at mid. Is a good midnight movie. This is a good whatever movie. Yeah. But it's also New just, Year's Eve. Also, getting stoned and watching something oh, totally. stupid. That's that's this kind of movie too. Then, it's just really. And then someone else says, "Be careful." Yeah, be careful getting shot. Yeah, ow! ow be careful. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And it doesn't even sound like it's coming from him. No, it sounds no, like it to- it's, it's really weird. Uh, it, oh, man. It just, it, perfectly done. Yeah. Yes, yes, And yes. he finally gets to the top of the fucking building. Yeah, he's on the roof. And um, the lieutenant is following him. He puts the San Laurel mask back on. The cop says, freeze, put the gun down. And he drops the switchblade and starts doing the soliloquy from Hamlet and jumps off the roof. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, I I missed that part in Hamlet. So, I mean, yeah. (laughs) To be or not to be. Well, I guess he's choosing not to be. Not to be. Well, that's that's what Hamlet did. He jumped off a building. I'm wondering if there was some background here where Richard was like a failed actor and he's jealous that the wife is in the industry. There's probably a long backstory yes, about a yes, uh, yes. bio backstory for uh, the writers gave or the director and, gave. And, all and these I don't characters. know how when him trying to be an actor meshed with him being in the sanitarium. We don't really know a whole lot about Richard. Yeah, um, other than him being like a hateful misogynist, straw misogynist man. Well, he okay. Well, we know he needs ther. Well, yeah, he needs therapy, but he was in the sanitarium. He should have gotten the therapy. I don't know. Yeah, it um, didn't take apparently. The massage he took over his system. So yeah, he did. And, <laughs> he did. And yeah, then, and you can tell it's a fucking mannequin. Oh yeah. It's, oh, it, oh, oh yeah. It's not. It's not even a good one. It's not even a good. It's like oh, that is definitely not a. Not that we were expecting a person. So there's but. already an ambulance there, and people are swarming around the dead. The dead body, because um, it has that weird-ass mask on, especially. Very strange. Um, Derek takes off his dad's mask and kind of cuddles his body a little bit. Okay. Yeah. He's having a rough time. He's having a good... I mean, he's having a rough he's time. He's having but, a rough day, yeah. And also, he, I mean, yeah, it's so, his father. It's y- emotional. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a weird place. The cops pull him off, but he looks 
pissed. So Blaze is on a gurney being taken into an ambulance. Um, and we see that Derek is driving the ambulance in the Stan Laurel mask and has killed the real driver. Yeah. So they drive off and we hear over the radio, Happy New Year from Hawaii. So it's apparently 1 a.m. in L.A. And that is the end of this film. That is the end of this film. And also, we, we can only guess that Derek murders his mom. And, uh, I mean, I almost said let's hope so just for no, <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're made up characters. I'm not hoping. Whatever. Fuck. But uh, here's another thing. He didn't kill anybody at midnight. At actual midnight. At L.A. midnight. No. Pacific time. No. He, no, so he, he fucked up, too. His, his, He's just his, a fucking loser. He, he only got two correct, and then his plan got all fucked up. He's not very good at and that. And he got too bitter. He got too he got too frustrated and too focused on his wife, or what it's probably going to be now his... Uh, He's not gonna. They're not gonna be married anymore because he's gonna be. He's dead. Yeah. But uh, yeah. You can't be married to a dead person. I mean, you can. It's just. It's. It's just not a fun marriage. Uh, <laughs> what you can just. Uh, so, do you have any other thoughts on this film, sweetie? That death is. Uh, yeah. That being married to a dead person isn't a good marriage. No. Uh, I mean, I I loved it. There's, uh, there's plenty of continuity errors. A lot of this movie doesn't make any real sense. That the 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 character uh, the main guy is just a unhappy misogynistic, you know, husband who's just bitter at his wife being more popular as an L.A. DJ. Yeah. I, <laughs> what I, I, the fuck? Yeah, I dude? guess. I'm unhappy that you have so much work as an L.A. DJ and I'm out there as a failed actor in a sanitarium and I'm proud of my son who I, got a show even though I'm kind of also pissed. I think they were probably married after he got out of the sanitarium. I don't think Blaze knew that, but we don't know. It's not a Yeah, clue. I mean, you know. Also, yeah, if she knew about the sanitarium, that would be the first thing that she would think is like, oh, fuck! And maybe she would, if she knew about the sanitarium, she'd probably have a lot more, uh, uh, a lot more empathy or attention towards her son, knowing that she, her son came from a person. Well, who well went I to mean, if, if she not. if she gives a shit, or she could, or you know, we may we might be giving Blaze a lot of the benefit of the doubt. She might just be a total narcissistic radio DJ who doesn't give a shit about the men in her life. We don't know. Well, yeah, well, that, probably a good thing that, that, that she doesn't give a shit about the man, uh, about her husband all that much because he's a fucking bitter, unhappy misogynist dude. And I, I get the point of, I get the slight point that he is making that you should try and connect with your son and be proud of your son. Yeah, that, that he, yeah, he was not wrong there. <laughs> Yeah, misogynist. This is this is a roundup of misogynist being correct. No, uh, no, it's uh, but I I, I like this. I heavily I'd even recommend this even more than the uh, I uh, watch both these back to back. That's why we paired them together. But this one's a lot more silly. You can do this with a lot more other silly horror films yeah. and uh, that are a lot more fun. This, uh, yeah, like I said, it reminded me of pieces with the like just the left swing of like oh it's a family member who's has mental issues and he likes to kill now and oh my god it's all because of a puzzle of pieces but yeah it, which came out like uh, oh, two yeah. years later i'm just saying that there that's that also has to do with like yeah the family being fucked up and in a in a specific dates but yeah i i really uh yeah i i, I wholeheartedly recommend this and now we go to the last moment which is uh notes without context 
This is where I uh, write, uh, say my notes that I wrote down in on my in my notebook, and without any sort of context. And um, as I said earlier on in uh, the earlier part of the podcast, you know this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and hopefully, Miranda will enjoy these as well. All right. Notes without context. Very L.A. Drop a wide and relax. Yvonne? Lewd, babe. Lewd? I will drop a lewd and relax. Yvonne paralyzing the chip. Meet you upstairs, party payoff, baby. The motorists, who's there? Makeup, address, murderer. Punks and and craziness. We got tickets, all right. Derek, put them in cars. Spaceship America. That snaps it, rip it. Club in Palm Springs. Catch it on the tube. Hollywood Hotline. Punks mash. Blaze. K-Bot Chicago and NYC. Aspen and let some heteros. What needed to ascent. Blaze the, uh, the patrician. What? That's not it. End, Lisa, Mr. Evil. No... Mother is Mary, close to you. Satin does New Year's Eve. Oh, phone freaks during the holidays. That should be the title. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm writing this part down in the notes. Oh, garbage man. Let him get his dang at the garbage place. Virginia Slim's only the way to a woman's heart. You know you can. Temporarily helps. I bet you do. It's a very good year. May I have this dance? Loser material. Slow missip. The want is helping me all at all, except uh, cumate my problems. Keep human the plane. Looks to you. I'm on to them. It's disreputed. The slow music, even though it's trying to be punk. Ooh, it's busy live. Not a fan of your, uh, hose. No. Uh, drug addict. Uh, uh, son? Is he a drug addict, son? I ho I'm gonna kiss ya. No, don't kiss me. Ooh, this is a boiler factory. Hitachi killed the radio star. Oh, Hitachi does other things, babe. Yeah, but it also kills the radio star. No. Have, it does. Uh, have, have, have Franks will listen? Good dead body of January, of Jane. Mental health is something we all need, especially if you are a killer. You need to see a psychologist. Go to therapy if you have mental health problems. She's gonna go on the phones, tearing up. Word, our creep is after the music. At the roll, Funk. Oh, look at that mustache. Two years and you still look like mustache, man. Maybe he's up. Right. He's he's Eric Estrada's business manager? I don't think so. You, But based on his fucking hair on his face alone, not, not bed of roses. Oh... Is the government meet out front? Dumb blondes with a total stage mirror and master. Voice processing. De full Death Valley. My, sh my Shaw Pacific Ocean look at his face. TM cop. Sally, please. Asked. Yes, a party at these Terry. Ooh, John and then the big door. Oh. 
plastic bags and happy newcom Friday the Thirteenth music. Oh, that's something we didn't really talk about. That there's a fright. The there is something similar to it in a scene, and that came out the same year, but it probably came out earlier since this came out in December. Yeah. So it's hard to know who did it first. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's true. Another shop in Hell's Body is Dumpster and another, oh, shut up, cop, uh, drink, uh, a cop drive-by? Kitty Cat, a backyard, huge Don is talking to the LP victims, looking for nuns. Oh, dine in, hidden for the bikeless. Maybe next time, just staying that guy after saying man of God. Just slaying that guy after saying man of God. Where are the fucking keys? The Garnet rug? I want to take any fuss. Baseball diamond of a lady who's ready to kill. Shut up. That's enough. Boo. I don't want to hear any shit from a pig. <laughs> oh, Popeye's at, at midnight. Her son hooking up. I hope he has some sort of sex. Common compulsion with the tits. Huntington Beach. Don't get caught by the pigs. We gotta get gas. Uh, we gotta get them gas. No, that's not. <laughs> walking in as a cat is a cap as a cop. Oh, walking as a cop. That makes more sense. Oh, what's that trunk? Oh, the Friday Thirteenth music again. Where are you gonna go, Derek? Oh, Laurel Mass. That is very. Very, very creepy. Oh, I've never seen a sad Derek. He looks so sad. Every Derek that I have met has been an unhappy, mean person. Fucking with the piss? That doesn't make any sense. Busted rascally stopping all the elevator. Close up on the two, an elevator, a cat to the fit, a cut, a hit to the face. She gonna go on WhatsApp. No, that's not. That's not, I don't know why I wrote that down. She gonna go on WhatsApp? Instant replay. I'm evil every night with the lady. That's why I'm a narcissist. Pissed off bastard. Sassafras me. Oh, Blaze is such a big deal. Check out Blaze. Richard is sulking. Oh, he wants to go to the Rose Bowl? Wow, what a great idea for you and your son. Why don't you just do that instead of killing ladies? Oh... Oh, fucking shit game. Oh, the elevator stop just short of the shooting. Oh, the mask reminded me of Nixon and jump dead. Holding your daddy. That's not, don't do that when, don't hold your dead daddy. Don't hold your dead daddy. Gotta get to sleep. The, the big filming day ahead of you. And then, uh, then we get into the ambulance. Ooh. Boy, do I like being in an ambulance. Woo-woo. That, woo -woo. Um, that was uh, Notes Without Context. Very much so. All right. Um, if you want to contact us, you can... I don't know why you would, but we, we would appreciate that's a, it. That's, that's, it well, would be let's, fun. Let's not, let's not be mean Well, okay. to ourselves. Instead of telling people, I mean, you can give us the email address, but I don't know how, how often people really email podcasts. They okay. usually, I think, DM them okay. on socials. Thank you. My name is Michael, also known as Spiky Mikey, also known as, what did you call me earlier? Shit ass. Shit ass. And uh, that's, uh, it's, it's two, th one, they're both, connect they're connected. <laughs> yes, you're correct. 
They're connected. One uh, it, 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 one goes out of the other one. If if you need uh, see a doctor if you're not sure, or read a book <laughs> if you're not sure. About if you're what... not sure about what shit ass is, one of them goes out of the other thing, and then you read it on the internet. Don't type that into a porn site. I really enjoyed uh, both these movies. Please, please listen, to, uh, watch them, listen to us. Wait, but was, but do we have socials for the pod bit? Not, I, not yet. I'm going to do that pretty fucking soon. But thank you very much. Okay, I think I'd do that. I got to do that tomorrow. But I, uh, yes, it's on. Uh, I am uh, top notch nonsense is on TikTok. All right, TikTok. It, it, which is, I, I thought someone would say that in either one of these movies. TikTok, you're gonna about to die. It's gonna be midnight. Oh, TikTok. But he, they didn't say that. The killer didn't say okay, that. Okay, so what is our email address in case anyone wants Top to notch tell us nonsense how, how badly pod. we suck? I, you know what? I like me and so do you. And that, I, whether or not I like you is still up to debate. No, that, I like you That's a lot. That's up to you. No, podcast. I love you a lot. That is what I said out loud. Um... Yes, uh, we're going to say goodbye, and we will see you. Uh, we will see you uh, next week. Yes, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year, and anything else you happen to celebrate. You see you later. I've been Mike. I've been manic to the point of scary, also known as Michael Benson. Toodles. Be sure to tune in next week when we're talking about. Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion and also the first wives club very interesting stuff I was not uh, happy with it but thank you again so much for listening goodbye <laughs> <laughs>